This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy. I think is it easy? It's easy. Okay, yeah. I was gonna say simple, which is just a synonym. Um, to make, to make a, a website, a website on the internet, you can make an online store, a blog, a portfolio, and you can use the offer code thumbs by going to squarespace.com/thumbs for ten percent off your first purchase. Sounds great. Thanks, Squarespace. Thank you, Jake. Oh man, thanks, Sean. No, thanks, Squarespace. I was doing improv there as Squarespace. <laughs> Let's fucking do this. Naturally. September 17th, 2014. This is Idle Thumbs 176, I think. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Sean Vanneman. I'm Jake Rodkin. I'm Danielle Riendo, and we are joined by a very special guest, Anita Sarkeesian. Hello. Hey. Hi. Hi. Man, Welcome. you totally scooped my, and we're joined by. I'm sorry. You just jumped right on that. I wanted it to it... flow. You know, I wanted there to That's be a fine. nice flow to That's it. That's fine. Like we have right now. You know. <laughs> <laughs> like a backed up septic system. I, I mean, <laughs> I didn't True. hear it, and then I heard it it's later. Wrong. And then I went, "Oh, that's going to be a tough segue." <laughs> <laughs> that describes the flow. Yeah, it's quite the flow. Speaking of getting crapped on, <laughs> I played board games with Anita at XOXO and just systematically. Wait, what got, is XOXO? Because I didn't go, and I actually don't know what it is. I didn't know what it is either, because I didn't go, but I went. But you totally were there. Did not sneak in <laughs> at I all. Went. I didn't have a ticket. I went, and I'm only sort of certain of what XOXO is. It's a conference that took place last weekend in Portland, and it seemed like it's generally for people who make things on the internet. I guess. It's, so it's of. like a tech slash art conference and festival. Yeah. And so it's like people talking about the things that the creative works that they do mm-hmm. is kind of cool. And then there's people who demo their games. There's like a video game night and a tabletop night and bands and are those, film screenings. So those aren't like board and video games that are commercially available. They're like games that people are making or it's, what is it? It's, it's a mix. It's, it's like some, okay. it's um, the board game and video game. I think their general rule is if something is shown there, the creator of it is also there. So, uh, that's so cool. some people bring games that have just recently come out. There are some classic things. Um, in the case of the video game show, um, Brendan had like quad- like Brendan Chung. Yeah, was there with quadrilateral quadru- quadru- cowboy. Way. Talk about that in a minute. But like also, uh, Doug Wilson, the guy who made JS Joust, was there with mm-hmm. um, what the hell's that thing called? Edward Rice, Edward Rice Soiree. Soiree, which is another PlayStation Move game that he makes or that he does, but it requires a crazy setup so you can only do it at installation. So it's just sort okay. of a, a whole bunch of weird stuff. Do you want to talk about that for a second? I guess we could jump straight. Did you to play that? that? I needed. Did you go? I to didn't. The... I couldn't go to the arcade. Okay. Unfortunately. Okay, Edward. I wish actually Danielle would love it as well. Everybody in this everyone room would love like it. it. Yeah. yeah. So. I think you guys have all played JS Joust, or at least know what it is. It's mm-hmm. uh, a PlayStation Move controller-based sort of thing. But this other game that Doug Wilson did, Edgar Rice Soiree, it also uses PlayStation Move controllers, 
but it's supposed to kind of stylize competitive Tarzaning, which is why it's called Edgar Rice Soiree. So the way that it works, there is a um, there is a grid of four by four. There's 16 move controllers suspended from the ceiling by it, ropes. Is it 20? I think it, might it might be, be five 20. by five. It's four by five. Oh, you're right. It's a yeah. lot. Um, yeah, but I think it's 20, and they're all in a grid hanging in like a forest of ropes. That they're probably come down to like three and a half to four feet off the ground. Yeah, yeah. So they're hanging from however high to about four feet off the ground. Yeah. Um, four players play it, um, and you are assigned a color: red, yellow, green, or blue. And to be in the game, you have to have a button pressed on a controller that is lit for your color. But you can hold more than one controller at a time. So the way that you actually play it is like if you're green, you pull two of the green swinging controllers uh, out of, the, vo- out of the forest, out of the forest, <laughs> and hold on to them. And then um, at random times or at like intervals in the song or something, it'll start vibrating, which means that one of its color is about to change. So you have to let go and jump to another one. If you're not touching any move controller for uh, one exactly second. one second. You of your are, color, you are eliminated. So how do you know? how how tr- how does it track? You, I mean, so you, you have, have to press, on, right? you have to press the button. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you okay. grab a move okay. controller. Any you button press pressed on the controller counts. Yeah, Okay. So the movement, the actual sort of accelerometer thing, is not used. It's a game that sounds fine, and it looks kind it's of sort of like Twister in a way too. Yeah. 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 But yeah. once you're once you're sort of inside that grid of move controllers in a dark room, and you're holding the controllers and looking around trying to like find like you know, one will go out in your hand and you're just like, oh shit, and then you have to just look around at this like space, like this like maybe two thirds the size of our office to try and find another yeah. controller to move to and the controller's hanging I would say probably like a twenty probably like a thirty foot by thirty foot square. It's so like ten yards by ten it's yards. It's definitely far enough that if you're yeah. in one far corner and the only other controller that you can find of your color is in the other corner, you have to stretch as far as you can and let go and grab the other one. Yeah, like, you're doing like the like presidential fitness award shuttle run yeah. from junior high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's okay. so good. That's but it's cool. like one of those games. This is like an installation game. Twenty you move controller. Yeah, get this. Yeah, the only, yeah. It's it sucks that you can't get it. Um, I mean, but it's because it requires twenty five move controllers. Yeah, of and gonna... like he had like three computers all set up networked together because you can't Bluetooth more than seven devices together or something. It's, right, it was right. just a disaster. But it was really cool. So yeah. now that we've got that out of the way, let's talk about other things, I guess. <laughs> so well, I what? Know. Yeah, what games did Anita beat Sean in? That's oh, what, what you I got. want to hear all about this. <laughs> what do you got? Well, all the games. Okay. Basically, because <laughs> yeah, apparently Sean sucks at games. That's accurate. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Throwing Sean, down right at the beginning. Generally, Chris and Danielle are good at games. I think you uh, made a comment no. when we were playing um, oh, no. the mis- uh, Marrying, M- Mr. Marrying Darcy. Mr. Darcy. And you said something like, well, at least you're not competitive. <laughs> In my blood? I was like, that. You said something like that. No, you're I like, said oh, I'm not competitive. I was like, oh, it's nice to beat you because I'm really not competitive. And like... <laughs> And like oh. my blood just started like slowly pouring out of my ears. I, at that point I in the like, night, oh it was God. the last game we played, and I was trying really hard to not like take your points away, like because I felt bad for you. So marrying Mr. Darcy, <laughs> which is just worse. Yeah, so Tell us about this game. Like, so what is this? I can't wait to, to, get, hear, yeah. to get beat at okay, marrying, marrying Mr. Mr. Darcy? Darcy is like a competitive marriage game. It's a board game? Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's a card game. And so it's based on Pride and Prejudice. So you're playing as, like, the female characters in the book, and then there's the male suitors, and you're trying to... At the end of the game, there's the proposal, and so you have to build up all of the the cards and stuff that they would want, like beauty and wit and cunning Mm -hmm. and different things like that. And so you then 
at you know you go through all the rounds and at the end you propose to the suitor that you want and if whoever gets the most points and gets the husband that they want then husband or or your uh, I don't know if it was a spinster or old maid. it was the old maid yeah um, what's crazy about so, the game sorry go ahead well no I was gonna say like it was really cute like it's a fun you it's loved like, it. Well, no, it was a fun. Well, it was a fun game, but I like, and it's based on this, you know, classic literature. Yeah, yeah. But I was feeling a little uncomfortable about this whole like sure. I'm playing a game about getting married yeah. and trying to collect like, beauty like points. Like cards, yeah, exactly. yeah. It was a little yeah. uncomfortable. We sat down and like the game is explained, and I hear Anita just go, "Okay, that's interesting." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "But it's based on a novel, right? It's gonna be okay." And we had, we ended up having a good time because the people we were playing with, like are aware of how fucked up the gender roles are. So you just end up making like smart jokes about it, which mm-hmm. was nice yeah, in was that exact group. scenario. I can imagine the game being not as fun as when I played it and got <laughs> beat handedly. It's well, never as fun is, as when you like, play it. But the thing that's was it's one of those games where a lot of it's actually based on luck. So you draw a card and it's like you've encountered a whatever. Like roll a die and if you roll a one to two, this thing happens, three to four this thing happens, five to six this thing happens. So Chris, you would like it for I think like it's like Arabian Nights kind of Yeah, structure. for like it's sort of like yeah. levity, but you wouldn't like try to win it. You know, right. it's not one of those yeah, games. Yeah. It's like Arabian Nights. Exactly. That's yeah. the exact game I brought up yeah. when we were talking about it. Even, so um, are you, is everybody playing as a woman in yeah. this game? Oh, okay. I was like, but then you have a card. So my name is Carolyn from the book. I can't remember her last name in the book. Um, but it has sort of your rank of suitor. And if you get your number one dammy like you get that guy it's like 16 points the next person is like oh 13 points all the way down to just like nobody wants what was that guy's name oh, that I total shit bag yeah like and it wants. was the very <laughs> and the very first round one of the people we were playing with like were, was forced to be suited with him yeah. and she was like the whole game Ugh. trying to get rid of him again yeah, <laughs> it yeah. Awesome. there's a guy that nobody wants and he's just sort of like and the art's really nice we clearly know the so he's just got this like well. smart where he's like i'm a nice guy yeah, but, <laughs> he's wearing uh, a fedora, you know. Yeah. The whole so deal. when you're trying to like be like, okay, so I'm going after like Mr. Fitzwilliam. He's my he's so my, was I. We were both going I after will... Mr. Fitzwilliam. Of course, we both <laughs> nice. get the idol characters. Like, who's your number one guy? She's like Mr. Fitzwilliam. I'm like, piss. Because <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was already I like that stage. This is a game that took us an hour and a half to play because we went slow or an hour. And I was like, oh, I've already lost because <laughs> we had just played another game. Uh, but what's fun? What I thought was interesting about it, and it's like. A testament to the game just being fun is that you build up sort of like your ability to propose to this person which means right. you they find you attractive so because you have like enough wit and beauty and finance or whatever well, what was funny about it is that like we all were trying to get rid of our beauty cards because there was a lot of beauty cards and most of the suitors weren't interested in that yeah actually ah. none of like them it were was, interested in it beauty. was like um I'm trying to remember the other because cunning was a like separate thing like social is sort of like your like social status is yeah one. something like that your wit your uh, oh dowry your dowry yeah, yeah. Okay. and then some of the yes. Yes. Ah. <laughs> like, yes. naturally yes <laughs> some of these dick bags are like just like you know want five beauty points or whatever but like right. i think there's only one of those guys um and then if you you can turn any of your attributes into cunning which give you a bonus at the like suitor phase so the game ends all the car all the event cards are gone and then it goes around and you propose but if you don't roll a five or a six you're just an old maid so oh my like God. it's wow. basically like what <laughs> the entire game is so built, built around like you making all this up <laughs> you build all this choice and then you're just like and, but you could it. still win the game as the old maid because you could have more points as the old maid uh, yeah you can be like so like really... it's not like you totally lost so getting married just gives you a bunch of points doesn't guarantee that it doesn't guarantee right. a win yeah, yeah, yeah. like, like it, life 
It would be like um, <laughs> being like a really badass old maid in this game would be the equivalent of being what's her name from Downton Abbey, the Maggie Dowager Smith. Countess yeah, yeah. you oh. just like I run shit, right? Yeah, like you're above the entire the fray. fucking yeah. facade. You use the telephone once and it's amazing. It's like the best <laughs> the best scene in that game. <laughs> but uh, it's fun. I don't know. It's it was a Kickstarter game. A lot of these were obviously, I think, because yeah. made Kickstarter. Was Guts to Glory the other one we played a Kickstarter yeah. game? God, Guts, Guts to Glory. Guts to Glory was, was a Kickstarter game. That Gorman. was the first game we played that night, and it was awesome. Yeah. It what was super awesome. Who wants I, I don't want to explain it. Uh, so, like, okay, what? okay. Well, this is going to come on your podcast, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a fucking rap for me. No, that's so exciting. Okay. Someone else can explain the like, well, okay, whatever. I'll just do it. So they described it as like a post-apocalyptic eating game. And I was like, that immediately mm-hmm. made me super excited. It's by Zach, Zach Gage. Gorman. Zach Gage. Oh, Jesus. Zach Gorman's Gage? illustrator. Oh, he made like yes. wow. Spell Tower, I think. Oh, yes. Yeah. And uh, Ridiculous, Ridiculous Fishing, Fishing Ridiculous, as well, right? Yeah. With Glenn Berry. With Glenn Berry. Yeah. Yeah. And Lose Lose, too, right? I can't believe I said Zach Gorman Did he make that? Anyway. So you have like a mouth. And cool. eat every yes, person at different, yeah, you have, you have a mouth with different slots. And you basically are trying to, like, eat food and condiments from the, like, the, the board. Um, and so as you're you're getting these, there's a certain amount of chews that you have to do for your card to activate. And so you, like, have to go around and get all these chews so that you can do things with your cards. Like, uh, what I don't know, I ate When a, you say chews, do you mean, like, it, actual starbursts on the table? They're little, so they they're almost like little, they look like little Pac-Men. It's, oh, it's yeah. supposed to be, like, a chew action where it's like you put something in your mouth and you have to chew it a certain uh, number of times. I thought times, you but, meant like a well, gross fruit chew. Well, no, they're, oh, they're, no. <laughs> they're actually represented by things that look like a stepped on starburst. Yeah. Like they are actually yeah. just a little token yeah. that's just a circle with a bite right. taken out yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. But something will take yeah. like four chews to get through and then you yeah. can swallow I it. Yeah, and so, it. and so okay. you can do things like take right. the, like a card from another player that, or like, you know, dispose of a card without it being chewed. But so what happens is there's only five. Or you can make someone barf it up. Or you can well, spew. You're spoiling the barf. You're totally doing that. Spews. So once your once your mouth is full, you still have to pick cards, and then you have to like. So this is we were all kind of like, what is going on here? And once the game we got to the middle of it, we're like, this is kind of exciting. So you basically to put another piece card food thing in your mouth, you have to barf up another card, which sounds like if your mouth is full. Yeah. Well. Yeah. With and a full so, mouth, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which sounds like stupid, like, 12-year-old humor, and I'm not really super into that, but it was fucking awesome. Like, this game was awesome. <laughs> Wrong podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> but anyway, so you barf it up, basically, and you give it to the player, like, the player next to you, and they decide whether they want it. If they keep it, then they have to barf something up, and it just goes around to every player. The, the thing about that also is that if you barf something up, for some reason, inside of the fiction of this game, the weird monsters you're playing with apparently desire barfed food. No, it gives you more glory. Right, a yeah. barfed point has an extra victory point, or a barfed oh. food has a victory point attached to it. So if you just keep kicking barfed stuff around, the value of these cards just stack because people aren't digesting quickly enough. Yeah. yeah. So something that's been in the mouth of like all three so other I, players yeah. have three. This, all of this description points. means nothing to me. I need to just tell you. You guys. need to see it. This is yeah. This yeah. is a it's hard way, to explain. You, food, you bark honestly, and it's chews. I didn't. I really yeah. didn't understand it when he was explaining it either. It was like yeah. getting into it and it's, doing it. Uh, I don't even. Know. I guess it's just. I think mechanically it's really difficult to explain. Just thematically, it's just eat the grossest stuff you can. In every turn, you're allowed to take one bite out of it. And the first person to eat like seven sure. gross things. Yes. Well, no, but it's, I mean, yeah, sure. It's a game about eating. Food has a victory <laughs> point. Your objective is generally to put food in your mouth, play as many chew tokens on it as you can until you eat it and get a victory point. But things that are left in your mouth also have passive powers that they give you. So, like, if you eat, uh, like, I can't even remember, but like, if you eat. Oh, uh, side jaw. 
Yeah, like if you have a side laser jaw, uh, laser which is laser just, just like a side, just like a third jaw bone that you can just keep in right. your mouth, which means <laughs> that you get to place an extra two t- chew tile when it's in your mouth. But if you swallow the side jaw, it actually has a negative victory point, I as think. A, no, it has a negative impact for one turn. Oh, right. Yeah. That's right. It, right. it takes well, two away. So you so want to hang on to that card, but other people are going to want to make you eat it or take it from you. Kind sure. Of thing, so. okay. They're definitely it's power like, combos, cool. too. Yeah, yeah it's really well. It's, mechanically, it's like really well designed, actually, yeah. because there's food there's victory points that you're trying to get through but then there's also like power-ups and they they're it's like limited resource of how much space you have in your mouth so the the impression that i get from this game is that they had all the mechanics and it was a really like it it kind of splits the difference between a like small deck building sort of feel but also just like a just managing also you're sort of managing a small persistent little like stack of five cards in front of you and then it feels like they're like what's the theme but it's a mouth and you're eating and barfing. <laughs> or like the notion of handing the card to someone else, like it feels like they called that barfing when testing the game and then that's like right, backported sure. to me. I don't know. The yeah. theme is fucking nuts. It has... Yeah. And the art is insane. Yeah. It's sort of like, it kind of looks like Brendan's art a little bit in like his... Brendan Chung? Po- yeah, Brendan Chung's art huh. in like a post-apocalyptic... When it, The 2D stuff that's like in the interstitials of his Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know oh, okay. It's like, that. It, yeah. Remind, it reminded me very distinctly of the like gross-out cards from Costume Quest. The like gross candy oh, yeah, and like nasty yeah. like little, you know, yeah. fart gumdrops or whatever <laughs> gross things that are in that game. Yeah. It's kind of like goofy cartoonish, you yeah. know. Cool. Sounds cool. It's nice to play because I don't really like deck building games. You know, this, I don't, I'm not usually into a matter. Yeah. But this is it's like there's a deck of cards and you build one. I mean, you're sort but of it's you're, like you're maintaining that five that five hand that five card mouth they call it. Well, every time a new card pop, pops up on your plate, you can look at it and go, "Oh, I want this right now," because you can make an assessment of like what you have and what you don't have. It's like I didn't feel like having played the game a lot would be like an insane advantage the way a lot of deck building games. Yeah, are. Fair enough. and it's yeah. a really accessible game. Like it's it's almost seems daunting at first if you're reading the directions and it's like choose and and barfing and whatever <laughs> but like it as soon as you actually just start playing you you, you sure. get it a really lot of board quickly. games are like that it's yeah. like the art of writing board game instructions i would imagine i've never had to do it but i would imagine it's a disaster. yeah it is not a lost art because that art has never been discovered it is never yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. it's an unfound art yeah. yeah yeah and so you won i did i take it i did like so i got the most glory shockingly <laughs> all the glory like i had everything laid out to win oh. and i was like to the point where like i was thinking about other shit so I was like, oh, I've got this. This is one. Like, I'm like, oh, what are we going to play next? Like, well, oh, you know, maybe I'll get a beer. I'm kind of thirsty. And then it's like over. I'm like, what? The way it happened, there, too, just like, like grinning. Yeah. Like, oh. And the way it happened is we were all like, okay, well, we're not getting any glory. Nobody is moving. And then we sort of slowly went up. And then I, I think the only, well, I won because I'm awesome. But <laughs> I, I think what Aside happened was that. one of those, <laughs> one of the things is one of those round, like one of the barf rounds that went around had so many glory cards attached to it that as soon as oh. I chewed up that card, I got three that pushed me that to the end. That was my plan. I've nice. been holding on to an old boot that had like six <laughs> glory cards attached to it for a long time. But anyway, Guts to Glory, a game. It is also, you can just get it now. It's around. There's reviews of it all over the internet. Mm-hmm. I think both these games are available just like on Amazon at this stage. Yeah. I know I know. Um, Mary, Mr. Darcy is because I almost purchased it today. Don't worry about bumping into the mics. It's like whatever. It's not a problem. It's a thing that happens. Sorry, Sean, I didn't mean to bump yeah, into the mic. You didn't need, we could Yeah, where's your watch? <laughs> You're not, you're not wearing your watch. No clanking today. Oh, I'm so sorry. Clank. It's broken. It doesn't what? work right oh, now. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. I thought we talked about this. No. Whatever. There's nothing to talk about. <laughs> oh. It's a watch. How was it, it back here? Did you miss us? I was at Disneyland. Yeah, you were in Disneyland. 
Wow. Yeah. Did you learn anything? Actually, I totally did, sort of. Um, I went on. <laughs> I went on. I'm uh, excited you said. Are you talking about Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blasters? Because that would uh, be hilarious. We went on Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blasters, actually, de- specifically for the purpose of defeating Nick Bregan. Yes. And Sarah actually came really close, but not not quite. It's a little backstory in you. Do you. Have you been to this? Have you played this game at Disneyland? How new is it? I haven't been there uh, since I was a kid. Okay, no, no it's basically like a Lycan game, but you're on a car. You're like okay. on like a Mr. Toad's Wild Ride situation. Nick Brecken like l- went there with his girlfriend at the time or something. So, still, still, still. Oh, it's just okay. And wanted to be good at it, so he, so he like looked, looked up, up cheats on the internet <laughs> before he went <laughs> because wow. he's Nick Brecken. Yeah, yeah. So Sarah went in blind. Right. No, Are almost. Because I there posted was no wiki. No, no. Okay, oh, this no. was actually hilarious. Like, I posted <laughs> oh, something no. to Twitter, just to, unrelatedly, not about anything, like regarding that ride. And someone replied and was like, "Oh my god, go on Astro Blasters and beat Nick Brecken." And like, he 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 sent us like six tweets with like diagrams and shit, <laughs> oh like in the replies and these strategies, like. Sit on the left side. In room two, shoot this guy in the chest. Not the arms. It'll say the arms. Don't do it. Shoot him here. Oh, like, my God. And we got, we, yeah, we got stuck. The ride just stopped. And like, oh, oh shit. That helps. Oh, that's yeah. perfect. And Sarah just sat there blasting that guy in the in place the, the guy said to. And Nick must have had a similar situation happen. Right. Because even after all that. Like she still was very close to the score, but not quite. But you ruined. Look at you. I'm so happy that that happened. I'm I had forgotten sorry. why Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blasters was even important. I just remembered that it was a thing we had talked about, but I forgot it was because Nick looked up all the Nick six strats of him cheeks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what? Did, what was actually important about oh, your trip so to Disneyland? So what was actually okay? It wasn't important, but I thought it was actually quite but cool. It was, it was meaningful. Like I, I had never been on It's a Small World before, and like that is a very like quaint ride. You know, there's nothing like particularly mind-blowing about it except that so a thing that's really common in disneyland rides is the soundtrack will change over the course of the ride and it will cross fade from like point to point um danielle i guess you're like the biggest disney fucking fan in the world so you, i'm well it's sort of like by osmosis like my mom is yeah. actually the biggest disney fan in the world i went yeah, to walt disney world like more than 80 times growing up right like we had whoa, annual whoa, passes can, we need to pause for a second it was more yep. than 80 times we had annual passes so it's like oh that's passes. like 80 annual wait no you'd be 100 <laughs> like i'm like okay but you didn't even live in the same did you ever still, go I lived to in school? Rhode Island. <laughs> yeah How i went did you no get there? okay okay i'm probably exaggerating i, I that's okay still yeah four times a year for from the age of 8 to the age of like 28 so four times 20 80 yeah <laughs> Just about. 80, she says, yeah. yeah. It's just about 80 times. Checks out. Also, <laughs> I, be- I believe it because we went out. We went out. <laughs> the math works. No, I believe it because we went out for dinner when we got back and she was like rattling off incremental dif- differences details. between rides like year by year throughout the night, like all of the 90s oh, yeah. and like 2000s basically. Yeah. Disneyland and Disney World are creepy as shit. <laughs> Like, seriously. We were talking about this while you were there. Because everything is so, I don't, so, I don't know if you've read Baudrillard and all that simulacra stuff, but, like, the the analysis of, like, how everything inside is supposed to be perfect, that it, that it, but it's supposed to replicate the outside world, but it's, like, the creepy, like, huge smile. Like, Like, Stepford-Wise version. Yeah. Sanitized from all. There's that element, for sure, and, like, they definitely capitalize on it with all of the, kind of, 
Wish Upon a Star and Your Dream Will Come True, stuff like yes. they really doubled down. That's like on very nouveau Disney like, too. Yeah, like, like imagine new... dreams come true, world of dreams, dream, right. dream, dream. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Princess that, Wish, dream, that aspect dream. of it, I agree, <laughs> is, is <laughs> off-putting. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's weird. It's a weird place, um, but there's also a lot of like fascinating craft about it. And the thing that I thought was cool about um, it's a small world is so like I was the thing I was I was saying before is that you know a lot of Disneyland rides have soundtracks that will cross fade from like between one point and another and in some cases like change just instrumentation but maintain the same like overall track which is actually how a lot of interactive soundtracks or video games work and the thing about it's a small world is it's just that one repeating like melody that just mm-hmm. goes on forever and the entire ride never cross fades out of just that same tempo so you're mm-hmm. going through this whole like around the world thing and it's swapping in and out instrumentation and i think like also language that's being mm-hmm. sung yeah, yeah like crossfades, but it the the like underlying core melody stays the same and it kind of blew my mind because it, i mean they must have recorded that what decades ago and yeah it was made it was a 60s world yeah. yeah and like yeah. it's a mary really, blair was the designer mary blair was yeah. the art director on it yeah and like uh, which is why we went to Disneyland in the first place, because we went to this Mary Blair exhibit. They were oh, incredibly yeah. and... proud of that technology, by the way, at the time. Like, it was oh, looped, really? looped tapes, a billion banks of looped tapes, yeah. but, like, somehow they stay in sync and nothing yeah, stretches out and nothing goes out of impressive. tune. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was, like, I mean, really sophisticated. And I was imagining what it must be like to be the composer on that or, like, in charge of the recording and have to manage these, just, like, dozens and dozens of individual parts because they're all playing from different points around you. And, like, temporally it changes as you go. It was just really impressive. And it made me think a lot about, you know, interactive video game soundtracks and, like, the way that you can maintain kind of formal consistency while the tonal aspect, like, changes completely. Mm-hmm. Portal um, 2 did from point that really to point. Well. Portal 2 yeah. was, was cool in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. Banjo-Kazooie anyway, did that. Actually. That was cool. That was a thing oh, that really? I, I would not have appreciated, yeah, really like, cool as way. a kid, you know, because you don't appreciate it. Yeah, I remember <laughs> you telling me that ice cream. Um, yes. Even ice, then, though, when you get an ice cream as a kid, you're like, good. Stuff it in my face. <laughs> you know, you're like, finally, my you ice cream. More. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I deserve ice cream. <laughs> like, <you're> like, <laughs> I was wondering if that was almost like, totally weird, but like, somebody who was actually making games and, and when the technology to actually make that mm-hmm. work in a 3D game, like, if they... If somebody somewhere is actually inspired by, yes. like, Disney rides. Okay. Monkey Island 2. Awesome. <laughs> and the iMuse system. Monkey Island 2 came out in, what was that, 91? And it was yeah, like, 91. it's one of its big, huge features was interactive music. And Monkey Island 2 is, or the, the Monkey Island series in general is inspired by, like, tonally and structurally in some ways, the Pirates of the Caribbean rides. And sense, I know yeah. that when the guys were writing the music for 2, one of their big gets was, we're going to have music that as you walk from scene to scene, it transitions seamlessly and the music continues as one big edit. And for a ton of that stuff, I think they just bought every Disneyland record you could ever buy and listen oh, to all that. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Huh. I never knew that. That makes yeah. total sense. But it, yeah. it's Because that game's intent, like, sort of tonally was, what if you could get out of Pirates of the Caribbean and walk around? Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's really cool. Pirates of the Caribbean also has, like... Once you get to the part where they're singing the song, yes. basically the entirety of the, of the ride has that as so well. So I just yeah. looked up some stuff about Pirates of the Caribbean because I used uh-huh. it in my last video uh-huh. and yeah. um because we were talking about how like some like npcs often feel very animatronic right mm-hmm. um and so like they i didn't i didn't know the history of this but like there's all these really is this like, the food stuff awful 
Oh, go ahead. No, it was about women, right? Yeah, like how they're selling yeah. women and the like, one that are yeah, oh, yeah they and they're chasing right. to chase women. They're chasing them right. around, yeah, yeah and they yeah. eventually yeah. took that out. Right. But I saw but, well, like all this. One they just sort of switched, right? They, they switched. Like, they made bread. the women chase <laughs> the, the men with like yeah, brooms. It, it used to be that it was just pirates chasing women, and then. Yeah, they they reversed the direction of one of them, and then the one where the woman was being chased. Yeah, they just put like a like a bunch of baguettes under her arms. So she was actually just being chased for the fresh bread. For the bread, out. yeah. There's just like you a know, lot of bread as bread it happens in the yeah. world. Classic pirate move. Can I have that bread? No. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's super weird. There's a book about sort of some of the insider stuff at, at Walt Disney World, and there's like an entire chapter about that decision that they made. And I think it was in the mid '80s. I could be wrong, like when they actually made this decision. But it was like you know the Disney boardroom said, "Oh, you know, we're basically like implying rape here. Maybe we shouldn't do that." Like Maybe it you literally shouldn't. was something like that. And yeah. they were just like, "Oh, okay. Well, let's just switch it so that they're hitting the pirates on the head and and chasing them. So it's all good now." But there's still the scene. We're the redhead, and it's like, who wants the redhead? Like, I, I know every sound bite from that stupid red. Like, you mean it's the, who wants the, the redhead? The auction yeah, part. They're still yeah, selling a woman. For a bride is the and then, yeah. But they're also trying to sell a woman who's, like, a, a bigger girl, like, a larger woman. And, like, it's still all there. They haven't, like, sanitized right. that part. It's just super weird. I don't know. It's bizarre. Yeah. Disney. that was That was a surprising moment being there, because I had, for, like... It had been a while, like a. You're like, you know, oh, I'm long... in the '60s now. Yeah, <laughs> that was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good. transported. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a weird thing about Disneyland because like part of Disney's whole deal as a company is that they really just sort of double down on like maintaining this catalog of stuff because it allows them to position themselves as a sort of seemingly timeless cultural force. You know, they'd be like, well, we've been, you know, we like span the 20th century of like blah blah blah. But because of that, it ends up in weird situations like that where you're like, oh, yeah, this was just considered fine, like, for a long time, and now it still is here and is weird. It's a strange, like, it's a strange artifact of the way that they deliberately, like, cultivate and maintain Yeah, it's like, it's like how the Splash library. Mountain ride is themed around Song of the exactly. South, we had, but you yeah, cannot find a copy of Song of the South well, anymore. So, yeah. Like, yeah, you were telling we me that, had this I whole conversation. Known. I didn't even realize that going through the ride. Yeah, I mean, we were, we were talking at dinner the other night about your trip and everything, and I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, you know, Splash Mountain, that's definitely based on Song of the South, and, like, there's some... You, the- you were saying there's some, like, you know, it's really totally weird because there is an appreciation for yeah, jazz Song culture in it, weird, but yeah. it's still racist. Like, it's yes. a product of its time. It's a product and it's like of a, a weird, racist time. It's, right. yeah. it's a well-meaning product of a racist time, which is, like, as I was saying, like, I was saying the other night, like, good intentions don't actually necessarily mean anything but it also like also i feel like a lot of that cartoon was intended as appreciation it's a weird it's a weird thing like that's a really strange like well the concept of like non-patronizing appreciation at that time just didn't exist yeah yeah yeah, right right? so it is it is incredibly patronizing that's exactly correct yeah yeah Yeah. what's funny is i was looking something about like the warner brothers like their sort of like vault animations that they put out and disney does these too they're called like disney treasures and they're like in a thing but there was like because warner brothers has gone the opposite way with their library which is to not take any of that shit out but just sort of mm-hmm. like put right. a preamble where yes. they're like to but take this out would be preamble, which I think is better. yeah it's yeah better yeah approach. like it's a very nuanced it's saying like listen we haven't changed anything about this but this is from a very different time we don't condone sort of these right. messages but here it is so we, we're not you it, know the, the, sanitizing it the to take it out would be like to, to, to claim that it doesn't exist right, right. Like, exactly it didn't exist. Yeah. yeah that it didn't yeah. exist yeah 
Yeah. yeah, but does it really need to be repackaged? As a ride? Oh, oh you mean, mean oh, you no, mean we're talking, we're talking about like Warner Brothers oh, releasing a historical copy it's of their old interesting, cartoons. right? Like, I don't know. It feels like... Good question, I don't know. Well, because it's a commercial product still, right? Well, because, yeah. yeah, and so if we're talking about something... Like, Disney has a, an enormous racist history in their oh, cartoons, yeah. right? And so, like, do... And, you know, Warner Brothers, whatever. Do, do we need to preserve the racism of the I think, time? What would you like, think about... This is... I'm just... I, and I'm saying this. I'm thinking the top of my head. But... I feel like I see like when you sort of package it up again and just like keep making money off of it, but you're like, we don't condone this, yeah. you know, but they're making right. money off it. Like, yeah. what if all those things just went up completely like remastered for free on YouTube? As an archive. Yeah. Something. yeah. Like, like, this so, is our history. Then that company would also... never put the money into restoring it. Oh, I know. I'm just trying to say, like, is there a way where that stuff still exists it's... and somehow sidesteps its commercial productness to. But it's also assuming that we live in a world free of racism. Or people is it, don't though? think that that's. Well, I, I mean, like, there's going to be people who see that and see nothing wrong with it. Sure, but I mean, so. that's like the Archie Bunker syndrome, right? Or like Archie, or like, Bunker, or like yeah. um, Huckleberry Finn, right? Like, like, I'm not, I'm not saying we should erase the past and and sanitize like history. Like, it's really important for us to know it. But yet, like, repackaging it and being like trying to sell this and sell be like it, a part yeah. of our history. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. That's where I really, yeah, that's I, where I, I, but we don't really point. agree with this. We just really want your money. What if you <laughs> yeah. stripped out all yeah. the kind of racism and made like a. Fifty million dollar water ride out of it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that. What is that like? Nineteen ninety two Disney. Yeah. That was a brilliant idea. I mean, yeah. Was it actually nineteen ninety two? It was. I was that? one of the first How people on the ride. I was one of the first too. people on that ride. <laughs> wow. Of course, she has this That's like impressive. Danielle has <laughs> oh, like this like Venn diagram of. A very unique experience in her life, having been there, and also a brain that has remembered every fact <laughs> every ridiculous that has thing. Ever That's happened. amazing to me because I went to Disneyland like, like when I was a kid. I just I remember so little about it. I guess it's just the reinforcing. I kept going and going like, and yeah. going. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I think that's what it was. I, I feel like I practically grew up there in some ways. You know, I spent like months of my life, I'm years sorry. of my you life. Did. <laughs> you did. My that's parents awful. were obsessed. They would be like, "We're going on vacation again." And we'd be like, this "Are we going to go to? I don't know, California?" And it would be like, oh, "No, we're going Disney to Walt Disney, <laughs> to Disney World." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. My mom has never been to any other Disney park outside of Walt Disney World that's in Orlando, Florida. Like. That's it. Um, <laughs> Maybe for her birthday, you can expand her Disney Horizons yeah. to Disneyland. Yeah. yeah, she might be. She might be willing to go to Disneyland. You, uh, Hoodwinker into going to Disneyland Paris, but then actually just go to Paris. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That would be that would be ideal. Or Tokyo Disney Sea. I'm very interested in you just Tokyo want to go to, like, Disney Sea. The good, expensive one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just interested. I, I really know so go. much about. I, I do want to go to Hogwarts Castle though. That would be That's my exception. Really cool. I'm super, like, that I'm, is really cool. I really that, wanted to go that? for the it's opening. It's at Universal it. in Orlando. Yeah. At Universal Studios Orlando. Well, different theme park, but whatever. Well, different, same area. It's all yeah, the same general city. God, I'm, I'm going there in January, actually. I'm going to Hogwarts Castle. That's and they now have Diagon Alley. I'll give you the map. I have the Marauder's Map thing. So I'll give it to you so you can navigate. That would be great. I really will do that. And there will be a small child who will be like, Oh my God, can I borrow your map? Like, does it work? This is so super geeky. But you know that they sell the wands and stuff? I super want the wands. They do a whole presentation. They do like a whole magic show for the wand. I've seen it on YouTube. The wand chooses a child. Like it literally chooses a child. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I saw that shit on YouTube and went... It's cool. Oh my god! Like you, I like you want that. I like, was full cool. of rage for a seven-year-old, or I was like, "Why does he get at the wall? <laughs> like, what? Well, if I go, will they do all this for me?" And I'm like, like 
catch like my reflection in my monitor. I'm like, no, they will not. I had to quell. I had to quell <laughs> a tantrum. Get out of here, grown man. I had to man. actually quell a, a tantrum. So I used to go with a lot of like young relatives. I have a massive, giant family with like tons of tons of little kids, like age one and a half to eleven. That's a lot of yearly passes. We were yeah. Well, they didn't all have the yearly pass. We we had it worked out, so you know There's who went on system. what day, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and there was there was one of my little cousins who had a total tantrum in the Harry Potter area, and I had to like chase them down because they bolted from a ride they weren't tall enough to ride on or something. And I had to like go calm them down and basically bribe them with a wand. It was they're like fifty bucks. It worked. Like they're super not yeah, cheap. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was to go look at the wands. So it was, yeah, yeah, it worked. Nice. You know, it worked out. So How much is that one? Yep. Sir must ask. <laughs> if they're going to afford it. <laughs> so, do you guys want to take a break? And then I want to talk to you about a video game that you wrote about and told everybody to play. Yeah. That sounds really good. All right. Reveal what it is. Oh, it's okay. It's terror on the The sea. terror aboard the speedwell. The terror. Yeah, that's what we're going to talk about. Okay. Did you, did you play it? I didn't. Remember when we had said we were all going to? I know, but I went to XOXO and I've got other stuff to talk about. Time for a break. Video games. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to make your own personal website, portfolio, or online store. Uh, the readers like them. We like them. They'll format for pretty much any browser on any device. Probably going to look awesome on that new iPhone when that comes out. Their templates are very pretty. It says Jake, and you are no... I've no made a schlub before, not Squarespace, but I've made some templates. Yeah. Anyway, you can go to squarespace.com slash thumbs for 10% off your first Squarespace purchase. Great. It's an all-in-one stop. All-in-one stop? All-in-one one shop. One-stop shop. One-stop shop for everything you possibly could need when making a website. Cool. Goodbye. Video Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> Our friendship is going to be a collaboration. I've decided this. A collaboration? Yes. How, what, in what way? Like, you wouldn't have had the chance to correct me had I not made the mistake. <laughs> so think about that for a second. Do you want to know what that logic reminds me of? I can't imagine anything in your life experience. <laughs> that Do would... you want to know what that reminds me of? Look, <laughs> let me tell you a little bit about my life experience first. Okay. First of all, I... And we're back. Hello and goodbye. <laughs> Hello and goodbye. Hello and goodbye. goodbye. <laughs> the Terra. The Terra aboard the Speedwell. Okay. I need to say something about yes. it. <laughs> Please do. You love it. I like certain things about it. Yes. I didn't read your Polygon article about okay. it. Because I didn't want to spoil this conversation. All right. That I know is going to be great. Oh, hopefully. Uh, I think so. You really like this game a lot. I really like this game. All right, so I'll tell I'll tell the readers, the listeners uh, about the readers it. Is, no, we go readers. <laughs> you know, readers. Read, read readers is house language. Yes, it's true. Yeah. Um, it is a text adventure, interactive fiction, whichever one you want to go with. It made in twine, and it is a horror game in the vein of of Alien. It's sort of a horror, piece of horror fiction in the vein of Alien. It's very Alien. A touch of Aliens with an S because there's a little more firepower. Um, <laughs> you know, gotta go with that. You play as a uh, woman officer aboard the Speedwell, and the good name, by the way. Yes, Speedwell, Speedwell is a good name. I it's, like quite, that. it's a lovely name. I really like mm -hmm. it. Uh, but some not so lovely things happen aboard the Speedwell, as you could, as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I won't spoil the plot, but it is very much 
you know, sort of inspired by. I kind of want to spoil one plot point. Okay. Because. Warn the listeners, readers. People. I'm warning you, readers, okay. that I'm going to spoil a choice you can make in the terror aboard the Speedwell. I found. So, like, I make a lot of stuff in Twine. Mm-hmm. I make, like, a lot. Like, I really like I Twine. I like Twine. Yeah. We, we prototyped the beginning of Firewatch and Twine, and nice. I'll probably release it when we're done. But um, I think, like, I was talking to Chris about this, and I have this issue with, like, most Twine games where, like, when you read regular fiction, when you read non-interactive fiction, the tension of the piece or, like, the emotional moments of the piece come, obviously inside of the paragraphs like Mm -hmm. as things happen and things are described and like human moments occur but that's not the case for if right that happens in the creases upon like the jumps from frame to frame where you go i'm going this way or i'm doing this thing or i'm saying this thing and then either a like very pleasantly expected or surprising thing happens you know like oh i intended that to happen yes i feel good or, oh, I didn't expect that to happen. I'm thinking about my choice now, or like I'm having an, or a completely different emotional response. But it happens inside the creases, and it feels like so many Twine games are just like a fucking page of text. A page of text. So I thought that, like, that kind of bummed me out at first. And then, in classic alien form, somebody on your ship ends up in like alien form. In classic laugh. alien form. <laughs> Shut your fucking face. <laughs> you reveal. And, Ends up, like, in quarantine. You know, mm-hmm. someone ends up in an alien form. Yeah. In classic alien form. <laughs> well, she's definitely going to become an alien form. Yeah. As you read. I mean, all the all the signs are This is written in form. Oh, <laughs> my God. It's not. It's written in twine. Keep talking. The bouncing on the yoga ball is the <laughs> best part of that. <laughs> really yeah, Jake is. is recording this episode sitting on a yoga ball. We're out of chairs. Um... Sorry, in classic alien form, she reveals her alien form. Continue. <laughs> you just give up now. Inform no, 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 us this, how is, it this goes. is the Adam's way. You got to ride these out, Anita. Yeah. You just got to ride this shit out. This is what, the podcast is going to get good eventually. I'm just going to turn this mic off. She's squirming right. Like, I know. <laughs> physically uncomfortable. I know. What's funny is I'm sitting here just like that writing the dialogue for a later conversation she's going to have. So it's like, yeah. So I went on the podcast and ugh. Anyway, <laughs> I thought we talked about video games, but apparently it's all about this, Disney. Are you saying yeah. Twine games are not like, video no, games? Not real video games. Firebrand. I was going back to the whole Disney thing, but I just oh, yeah. had myself no, no. on that one. It's but right. for the record, I like Twine games. Continue. You would probably you're like finally Disney. on the record. <laughs> what about in four? Um, so you have to make a decision, or like a decision crops up. You don't I, around somebody who's been attacked by an alien or a yes. life form, and they are showing all the telltale signs of what happens in the first act of these movies. It's going to be on the ship if something doesn't, if we don't do something about this. So it says, like, oh no, what should we do? Or somebody should do something and then just shoot her. And I'm like, I'm a product of my time. I have seen all of these movies. I am a role playing. This is a strong, powerful, decision making woman. This, uh, shoot her. Game over. <laughs> Which is bonkers. Isn't that great, though? No! That's wonderful! <laughs> no, that's excellent! I liked the game over I got, which was just the next 50 years of her life, five years in prison, mm-hmm. then sort of like, can't Wait, really? Hold. Yeah! 
What's not cool about that? That's it's amazing. one page. I'm just reading it. I'm okay, not okay, it. okay. You know, that's what I thought. So it did this terrible end around on me where I shoot her and it's like, you are going straight to like Galacto jail. Yeah. I'm like, that's not what it's called. That's a bummer. <laughs> I, don't write, yeah. I don't write science fiction. <laughs> um, so you Space jail. Yeah. That might be what it's called. It probably is. Yeah. So I go to space jail. For five years, and it gets out. It's like you get out, and like, you can't get your life together. You can't get they a job. They didn't even let you like click to continue. It through. seems like a pretty legit consequence. Yeah, for sure, I'm for loving that part. Behavior. But then I'm like, but this is like, I'm like, okay, now I get to play that game. You know, like now where it's right. like, so like you go to like the employment center and like the guy there. Wait, do you actually get to play that game? No, I'm describing what I was hoping. Oh, sure. which is like you go to the employment center <laughs> no, coming at like as like like. And there's like I think the I like the theme like the gender themes in the game in the game are yeah, fucking good. Great, it's really yeah. well done, I thought. But that's what I'm expecting. Like more of that, but like back on Earth as a recently released from prison space criminal, space murderer. I'm like, this is the best game ever. But it's just a linear narrative, all one page, and at the end I die alone. And like right. never get a husband. So I oh well, just like <laughs> well no, because that's, right, pointed, out. that's yeah. pointed out. That's <laughs> point that's like, pointed out in the text. That romance never comes to romance never comes. Yeah, yeah. Not so, so romance of any gender. Yes, but I it never see, comes. Yeah. So what I you get for really that alien. yeah. See, that's what you get. That's that's probably what would happen. Tell right? that if to you the told, five people your, like, who are now fellow I, officer. Yeah, I like right? the idea of them being the speed well lived a long and happy life. Yeah, everybody but uh, Mark. I'm totally yeah. fine with it, but you can't like it was like a two page text. Like, I understand I, yeah. you have to sort of draw your seams of where you're going to keep making IF and just, like, where you're just going to tell... Like, you have to, like, scope your game. I understand yeah. that completely. But you do the thing. It just... Oh, it just... It was so cool. It had I, all the I ideas I can see where your there. frustration is coming from, for sure. There's too much... Not, I just thought yeah. it was so cool that that's what would happen. Like, you're basically ending on that because, then, okay, I mean, there's the movie. Like, that's yeah. what everybody always the way says. I feel about something that, like, though, that, like, that, like, it's a cool that? idea yeah. without, like, a lot of substance behind it. Because the, the reason that's a bummer to me is because when I was playing this game, I really liked the ideas in the game. But so much of it just felt like, yeah, okay, like, I've seen this movie. Like, I've seen sure. this. Like, yeah. I've seen this. I've seen this. Like, I want the, I don't know. I, you want something more yeah, than just like, the movie, just yeah, a sort right? of a playable. Like it felt, it felt of like I was playing someone's fan fiction of Alien. Okay. Right. Yeah. Which is like that sounds harsher than I mean it to be. Sure. But like, I, I just because I know if that's it, like some someone would hear that and be like fucking rad and interactive fan fiction of Alien, perfect. So like, it's I'm on not itchio for that person. Yeah. So I'm not saying it's that that's itchio. I'm not saying that that in <laughs> itself is like just inherently a condemnation, but like. I, I wanted there to be something about, like, I don't know, maybe the form itself was subverted or something. Like, something to, like, make up for the fact that I felt like I'd seen so much of it just, like, as a product of our, like, pop culture environment. You know what yeah. I mean? That's kind of how I yeah. felt about it. I mean, I think that's definitely valid. I mean, I will say I really enjoyed it. I also yeah, yeah, totally. I also didn't yeah, come it. into it with any hype. I just saw yeah, it that's, on, that's you total, know, I probably hyped it up a little too much. That does make a big read difference. the piece I wrote because totally. I, I was yeah. very uh, positive on this. Yeah. You know, it's a very traditional piece of interactive fiction. You're just kind of making choices and reading along. There's no no other interactive element. There's no other, you know, way it's I'm set okay up differently that. or anything. Yeah. Um, but I got that ending and just made like one or two choices along the way. 
That would have like, been. I brought up the stupid yeah. like employment center, but you go there and the guy's sort of like a sexist dick to you. But you're like, sure. I really need a job. I'm like, do I just let that slide? Or I'm like, no. Like, you know, and yeah, then it yeah, could have yeah. just funneled. It didn't have to. A spread. little bit more more choice once just, you're on that ending path. Basically. That would have been amazing. Yeah, yeah, I would be in a t- like singing a totally different tune here. Well, I know that JV, oh God, Gwent Walt, I believe, and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that. That's the author, uh, the creator of this game, is making DLC for every seventy five dollars that they make. Uh, on this game, they're adding a new chapter Crazy. to it. Oh, awesome. A lot of his sort of wow. prequel stuff, like background story for each character and, and kind of cool stuff so like that. So now you want to flesh out the murder that alien branch. Yeah, I mean, that would actually be really cool and, and potentially you, they'd like, be into that, you, <laughs> you know? If you pay away more than you need, can you, like, influence? Like, <laughs> as long Chris! As- <laughs> Chris! <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Are you just closing your Patreons? Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Because <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you have those... There's the, the door. door. <laughs> oh, no. Sean just pointed towards the door. It was a dramatic moment. Yeah. He pointed um, to the room that we keep Nick's brick painting in, actually. For the rest of the office. <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah. Go into that room where there's a painting of yourself. <laughs> Go hang out in there. I'm putting my foot You out. think about it now. You think That's about the that. Bathroom. Oh, I also just really liked the writing. I thought it was, it was you know, I, I mean, I'm not going to say it's like the greatest written piece of fiction no, I've totally ever fine. encountered, but I thought yeah. it was good. It has set up the scene. It made me feel tense. And I really liked that sort of the first choice was between two women's names. It was like, that's really cool. Yeah. It's not like you're choosing lady or boy kind of thing. It's like, oh no, this is about a woman. And then one of the other uh, choices, one of the first choices after that is about how you deal with sort of like one of your coworkers hitting on you. And yeah. like whether or not you you yeah, like kind of good. brush it off, or, right. or if you're just kind of like, no, I'm not taking that. You know, right. it's it's kind of amazing the way that's setting up sort right. of the way gender is handled in. Yeah, the I game. like. Yeah. I thought all that stuff was really good. So yeah. I haven't played the game. I, I I don't know why I feel like I heard you talk about this before. Did I you wrote about it. Anyways, I wrote, wrote about, about it on Polygon. Um, but I like that. Like, because one of the things that people talk about when, like, a lot of men feel like they don't know how to write women's stories and they're often asking like well how do I do that it's not my experience and so some of it is sort of understanding these nuances of like everyday lives living as a woman right like yeah, absolutely. like we get street harassed all the time like we, there's harassment in workplace that that can be subtle or microaggressions like we some people get cramps when they have their periods like right, is yeah. that is your like badass space cowboy female character like gonna stop once a month and like be in pain yeah like you know, like, like add those little like, details in just, i always think just about a little that bit. yeah like like aaron aaron's son from Absolutely, i'm like yes. does she get cramps i don't know is she just she badass does. all the time i bet she does we just totally t- took over your podcast no it's right fine what? We did. look as a first human game, game is uh, a great game show fans. Anita and I are huge Farscape fans. We're watching through the entire series. Wasn't again. Farscape also like a like transmedia like event, or am I thinking of something else? Um, something feels like this else? was also like a tabletop RPG or something, or did it have some sort of like? I mean, they made tie-in games, but I don't think it's like a broader umbrella. I mean, it was okay. it was a Henson actually property. It was it, oh, people weird. made fun of it for being Muppets in space because they actually used Henson Labs puppets in the making of the show. But. Yeah. And you know the first season is rough, around, super rough around yeah. the edges, but like Not it's it's a, it's a really <laughs> phenomenal science fiction show that explores like these really interesting stories. Like the fun thing about it is the main character is a is a like a white dude named Jack uh, John, John Crichton, and um, John he doesn't he doesn't know anything. Like so he's projected into space and um, meets all these alien life forms, and the first season is all like. Which is the funny part of it is all like, oh, John, you're so dumb. You don't know anything, <laughs> which is a flip on the mm-hmm. like the regular like 
you know, white dude going into space. Strapping you know, hero like in space. Right. Yeah. And there's a, so many, a, like... An enslaved people he needs to save. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many female characters on the show that are, like, you know, good and bad and nuanced and complicated that, like, even when you have, like, female villains, it's not like, well, it's only, like, this the horrible seductress woman. Sure, it's like yeah. you have so many women in this universe with varying uh, engagement in it that it's Absolutely. just, it's awesome. Yeah, it's it's an amazing. Show. It's also really old, so when you listen to this and you're like, "Hey, I'm gonna go check it out," be aware that it's like There's what some sweet the effects CG are effects. not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the effects do yeah. not hold up very well. I mean, it's like a little better than like a '90s Star Trek, like a Voyager or a Deep Space Nine level, like a little bit higher than that. it started in 1999. Oh, yeah, so it's up your alley. Yeah, I'll probably watch it's it. It's really good. First season kind of sucks. I'll give you episodes to actually watch so you know the continuity without seeing all the crap. Yeah. You're gonna give me your skip list? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. I was like, Dead serious. I was like, I was forced through like the first eight episodes of season one. I just hated this show, and I was like, why am I being forced to watch this piece of shit? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you get past. I think it's like it's NBA, like episode nine DNA. or something. DNA Mad yeah. Scientist. Then then it's like wow. She knows yep. all the episode titles. It's really creepy In and order. amazing. It's just basically safe to assume that Danielle just knows everything? parentheses everything. <laughs> I just know a lot of bullshit about very yeah. specific things. That's I mean, there's all. a lot of bullshit in an encyclopedia. That's true. But it's still full of all the information. <laughs> you know, guess. like in aggregate. Encyclopedia Danielle. you don't know everything. Don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like Disney, like weird medical shit, the boxing. I don't know. Names of Farscape episodes. Names of Farscape episodes. <laughs> Who bought these encyclopedias? No, a guy who actually well, rated like Wikipedia, we're basically. Joke, <laughs> we're joking boxing, about this, but like Oh, she ahead. really does like we will talk oh, about them it. and she'll be like oh episode one is this episode two is this oh episode <laughs> season three episode five is this title and i'm like what the hell it's true yeah oh, anyways that. boxing speaking of boxing you came in with a little shiner today <laughs> oh, i did it's true i sparred with two women my own size last night and we yeah. all did five it's like rounds. at different times and that is it like wasn't a diff- a, it wasn't three people in a row. oh no no sorry <laughs> sorry yes yes you're only in boxing you're only ever going up against one opponent at a time or else it would be something very different <laughs> boxing free-for-all or something yeah it's almost it's very uncommon where i actually get to fight someone my own size and so you know usually you know there are men that i spar with who are 260 pounds and like it's you know exclusively you only fight in that (laughs) (laughs) i only fight heavyweight men yes (laughs) no and i'm i'm a very small person i don't know if obviously people are listening to this I'm, i'm like five four and a half and like 120 something and so like i'm not a very big person i'm not a big athlete so you know, it's definitely really exciting when there are other women who are, like, sort of my size. Both of these girls were, these women were, you know, at least an inch or two on me. But, like, it, it felt much more fair than sort of the usual. So when that happens, we kind of go all out and we're really, really sparring. We're not just sort of doing drills. Right. So I have a slight black eye and my jaw is a little yeah, funky right thumped. now. But, you know, it was totally worth it. And it's great. We were training a, a woman for a fight. So, oh, you know, cool. I feel nice. good about that. That's awesome. Hopefully she does well, and I didn't you too hard. You, this is this is recreational for you. you it's recreational for me, although I am very tempted to do amateur fights. Oh my god! I would really like to do. So it. I can absolutely, <laughs> I absolutely. You probably wouldn't want this, <laughs> but a we would go. Yeah. And b we would find you some like idle thumbs like. <laughs> Something yes. like trunks, like shorts. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. <laughs> you could put thumbs yes. on my gloves, like yeah. with the thumb area yeah, of put the, the gloves. Logo. Yeah, that would be really. That would be cool. Like little typewriters. On the I would back do of that. Gloves. Yeah, we would we would dip into into our meager a little bank bit account of for that. Coffers. Yeah, a little bit coffers. Oh my god! Are you fucking kidding me? That would. Ugh, I would lose a lot of hours just like sourcing that. <laughs> I know nothing about boxing other than like just 
people box each other. So my only association was someone actually completing the entirety of like an amateur boxing match is, uh, <laughs> man, what is the name of the EA boxing game? Fight night. night. Fucking fight night for the Xbox 360 when you come out of the ring and then they really wanted to show how cool a next gen the game was so you could oh, like yeah. pad people's faces like where you <laughs> oh just sort God. of mush around that plastic yeah. face and so, like sort of stitch people up. You could get back so gross. When you go to, so when you go to the, the, awesome. the stool, you can oh, get yeah. like health in the loosest form of the term back by um you know the little I don't know what they call those. They're the things they keep on ice, the little cold pressed like oh, yeah. metal pads basically that you is just like them right smush your face yeah, around. It's, it's just like Mario's it's just face like spot, from the opening of Mario 64. Swelling, <laughs> whatever those are. And then you like you, you switch between that and You can do the little tiny mini stitches. They're not stitches, yeah, but you like you know, you know the, yeah. The dab with the Q-tip and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah you had a Q-tip, the da- the the metal dabber, the cold swell yeah. thing and just the like metal dabber and just Vaseline just like We have the ring like yeah, in my gym do, yeah. but this yeah. is the video game version of it one <laughs> so there's not creepier, really a yeah. tutorial for that if i remember correctly no two. there is not and three i don't think it matters what you do so you just mush shit all over this guy's <laughs> face and then just like give him the pat on the back and he goes back and fights in the ring oh like, yeah no yeah. you saying that is what reminded me of it because you can just be a horror like, you can just like you just <laughs> fuck up this guy's face it's the beginning of mario 64 it's like fucking mario's face but it's just like a realistic just human making a face that like, was just the way that EA EA Sports proved that graphics are advanced, and that era was just by like representing gross human bodily fluids. Because the make a monster version looks like was just Michael like Myers face sweat. mask. Like make it look like the fucking uh, yeah. pe- or what's Jesus Halloween? Yeah, or in Halloween he wears a uh, his weird. Oh, the Jason mask. mask. He wears like yeah. a bleached Shatner That's the Jason Voorhees mask. mask. No, it's not Jason Voorhees. It was a hockey mask. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Swap it. It's Mike more Myers like a plaster that, yeah. thing. Yeah. Sorry, you're correct. And then the the mat the like Madden games at the time, all of their videos were all just, just like sweating, profusely gross sweat, like <laughs> sweating <laughs> gross beef dudes. Welcome to the future, man. Sweating gross beef. It always dudes. just looked like they were wearing a mask, like another human's face. Like it was like <laughs> Silence of the Lambs, but the sweat still worked. It was so oh, off putting. We finally gotten to a point where either that is better, or they just don't show it. Right. Like now, the- now the new Madden feature is just your guy's really tiny. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the 14-inch tiny bruiser. It's a little yeah. dude. Did you see that? It was a glitch There's in There's a bug in the most recent version oh, of Madden where, you, yeah, where one did. guy was just like six feet tall. He tries so hard because he doesn't know that he's small. <laughs> it's like the chihuahua of football. It's like kind oh, of... Oh, man. Yeah. But he can still jump and do the high five. Oh, he can yeah. still jump and do like the high five. Yeah. But like other than that, it's Air. all weight-driven. So like the fact that he's that small means that the physical simulation just means that he can grab someone like by the ankle and trip <laughs> them a little bit. It's so crazy that that, so that amount of simulation yeah. is in there. Anyway, whatever. Kind of cool. I mean, real life athletes don't even look that messed up when they get messed up. So as messed up as the boxing face. Yeah, like yeah. Wait, you, you can we, get messed up. Wait till like, we get to next gen real oh, life yeah. boxing. Think about how oh, much you man. can really screw up that guy's face. <laughs> and you know so, what game did you play? My, my one of my favorite oh, no, things go ahead. about nope. going to Portland. Oh, oh yeah, that's Portland. Right. Is, oh, that's where XOXO was. Yes. Yeah. Is the carpet in the airport, which is nice. That's Sorry. gross. The carpet in the airport's really it's like renowned. Yeah. You're, You're totally making this up right person. now. <laughs> the Portland airport carpet is renowned carpet. It's not. No, it's, it's <laughs> no one cares about that. <laughs> is it just okay. our idiot friends How care about, about yes. it? Oh no! 
What? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, you could buy a sock of it, but it's because it's Portland's... Cable? Is Cable the one who told you this? Yeah. Because Portland of course is what? He was. Did you want to finish that? Anyway, full of hipsters who buy socks of their own airport <laughs> I want but... them. <laughs> Sorry, so one of the things thing that about... I like about going to Portland is that they have the Pac-Man Battle Royale arcade table. Pac-Man versus, they have it at ground control, right? <gasps> yes, but you know what I found out? They also have three other fucking machines in Portland, so they're hoarding all the goddamn machines. Oh my god. Wait, and it makes me really angry because I love this game. Or... Have you played it? No. Okay, so it's oh, a tabletop so like arcade cabinet and you play versus? four people versus, yes. right? Okay. And so you oh, like yeah. when you get when you eat a pellet, you get bigger, and that's when you you can move faster and eat the other players. And no, so it's Pac-Man. just like four Pac-Man. I mean, I've yeah. played Pac-Man, but it's four. No, player. but it's four player. All, it's no, like I've not played four player. Pac-Man. So all four people are Pac-Man. They are Pac-Mans. Pac-Man. There's, there's, a, there's one. There's one pink one. Four Pac-Man. Pac-Man people. Three Pac-Man and a Ms. Pac-Man. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. Well, not really a Ms. Pac-Man, but I she's pink. I rented that. Right. Anyways, this game is amazing, and like oh, I want off. Tom Selleck. Who is it? Anyway, sorry. Sorry. It's amazing. I don't know why it's you really aren't more good. excited about how awesome this game is. Pac-Man versus about is it. great. I because yeah, I, pl- I played a bunch of it. I don't know. It's it's everyone knows. Pac-Man, obviously. I've actually never seen this table, though. Like, no, no, I mean, everyone table. knows regular Pac-Man, but yeah. when you play the versus Pac-Man, it's so simple that it seems stupid that it didn't exist 20 years ago. Pretty much, yeah. Like, it's so, like, why was there not ever a four-player Pac-Man? Obviously, the technology, there are four-player simultaneous arcade games. Yeah. Why wasn't this just done before? Is it on yeah. one board? Well, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. There are four Pac-Mans on one board. We're sitting at a table, and you're like you're you're dodging ghosts, and you're dodging each other at the same time. Oh, okay. Right. But then yeah. when one, when so it's just it's just last pack standing. Yes. Yes. It is and actually, you go it is like five rounds. There's, there's no yeah. respawning. So yeah, if you yeah. are a Pac-Man who eats a power pellet, you become bigger. The other Pac-Man's, the other Pac-Man, uh, <laughs> they turn ghost color. They turn the blue with the blinky yeah, outline and right. stuff, and so then they can just run. Yeah. Um, any two Pac-Man who are on like the same footing. Bounce off of each other. Also, it's so great. if you're if you're both oh, blinking blue, awesome. you bounce. Nice. If you're both normal size, you bounce. Or if two of you have eaten a power pellet, you bounce. Right. So um, was this? And, oh, sorry, go ahead. And just the the only other sort of detail is if you eat all the pellets, um, more pellets sort of wipe up and and you don't clear a board. So if you eat if you eat a fruit, it refreshes the, the little tiny pellets and the power pellets. Or if okay. you eat the sort of structure yeah. of pellets, it's and, like, so, like, and so you're like chasing like combat, after the yeah. pellets to try to get bigger first to eat the yeah, other yeah, people, yeah. And, yeah. and then at, like each round the the map gets bigger and bigger. Oh, right. So yeah, it starts really small. The and board then it starts out very simple, and then one of the later ones is just yeah. literally almost just a grid of dots. So it's just totally free for all wherever you want to yeah. go inside of the board. That's awesome. It was feels, this game. Was this game like? Pac-Man Championship Edition. It feels like the bouncing, like, you know how um, Pac-Man Championship Edition DX felt, like, very visceral? Like, they just, they really got that Mm -hmm. Yeah, really great feedback, yeah. Yeah, and so it has that same feeling. So that bouncing thing is is just that same kind of, like, visceral interaction with the the game. Yeah, playing a four-player in an arcade cabinet, it feels like, it feels like you're, like, Pac-Man as, like, I was going to say Super Smash Brothers, but also just like Samurai Gun or like any sort of modern same screen co-op. But it's Pac-Man mechanics, yeah. and it's actually Pac-Man, and it's actually in a video arcade. It's yeah, that's cool. Like, it's awesome. It's all apparently the only way. I I think that and they're all I think Dave only... and Buster's have them sometimes. It, well, I've only I have only seen it in. I mean, I'm sure there's. More. We should go to a Dave and Buster's. I've heard the Dave and Buster's us. actually are now just full of like Fruit Ninja arcade cabinets, like just <laughs> iOS oh, yeah. games. Well, that's what the, I've never cruise, been to the Santa Cruz arcade um, oh, at the that. boardwalk. Sorry. 
Yeah. It also is a lot like that. Only they do have a classic area, and they do have a Pac-Man game that's basically air hockey, but with hundreds and hundreds of little pellets that you have to huh. hit, Jesus. which is really fun and ridiculous. It's Pac-Man but, IP is really branching out these yeah, days. Yeah, I mean, in the in the hot arcade uh, <laughs> arcade space. I don't know why it didn't become more. So I think that it was ported in the like Pac-Man museum thing, which had like a mm-hmm. bunch of games. But I don't know why it didn't like become like a party game, like a more popular sort of console or yeah. PC party game. Was this the game. one? Am I like just making this up entirely? Wasn't there a Pac-Man variant that like Miyamoto was involved with or something? I thought that was the one where other players played as the ghosts. Oh, so there there was like a period then where like three different. It's all about new Pac-Man Pac- remixes. Pac-Mans yeah. came out. Yeah. Okay, but at least they're like interesting. It drives me crazy. Like, yeah. to your no, point, where like they didn't take off, but then like. Big Buck Hunter did. Do you know what I mean? It's like those are <laughs> like everywhere. But like, why yeah. isn't this just why don't co-op or competitive Pac Man? Yeah, Pac Man. Like, why isn't this just in every bar I go to? Why do I gotta like watch like a bad deer get owned? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. yeah. oh. that's correct. I like that. Movie. I forgot about Pac Man versus, but it's I played so a ton of it at that at at the arcade in Portland at Ground yeah. Control. Yeah, it's super fun. The, so the arcade at Ground Control is a really awesome arcade. Like, we don't have one here. No. Like the only There's one a is Alameda. arcade that's pretty good. Yeah. But so the yeah, Ground is like watch. in Portland is a really cool place. Except they have so many cabinets that like there's no like if you're trying to play like Street Fighter or a fighting game, like you're kind of going like with your arms pulled in and like there's no room to actually like play these games there. Yeah. But it was a gr- I mean they have so many cabinets. I was going to say, if you just go there on an afternoon to this bar arcade as an adult <laughs> on a weekday, which I got to one time, it's really nice in there. Um, I guess my mistake was going your mistake, with all the kids and Friday night. Your, your mistake was being just an adult that has an adult schedule, like a real person who doesn't just wander into a video arcade at two in the afternoon on a Thursday. And go, who beer? Oh, good. <laughs> Drink a beer. Yeah. Mm. Excellent. <laughs> Jake, you had a, a board game you were super into as at a, XOXO. It's a card game. A card game. Called, it's called Two Rooms and a Boom, and Anita, you played it, and Sean, you played it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we played against... Oh. Well... And you won. I take it, Anita? It, there's no against... It. I mean... We were okay, on different teams. We need to explain what the game is okay, before yeah, we can say yeah, anything. Yeah. Exactly right. Man, I cannot remember who is making Two Rooms and a Boom. Two Rooms and a Boom was a Kickstarter game, and it's also... They have a print your own on their website right now. The actual... But there's, a, cool. there's a printing coming out in November, but if, if this sounds interesting, and you and your friends want to play it, you can just go to their site and download a PDF of it. Alan Girding? Does that okay. sound right? I don't know. That's who the Kickstarter's by. Um, I've heard this game compared to Werewolf, but I don't think in practice it's actually similar other than it's a... Or a coup or something, but it's a game about information sharing and deception and misinformation. Um, so Two Rooms in a Boom is a... It's a team-based game. There's two teams. There's a red team and a blue team. The red team has a bomber in it, and the blue team has a president. And the, the they're big teams. We're they, playing like ten. We're playing on 10. ten versus ten. Yeah. So in the game, the game is split into two groups. The groups are not red and blue. The groups are just totally. They just when we were playing it, we were playing it at a big sort of empty space. If it was ten versus ten, they just shuffled the deck of teams together and then just basically put ten cards on the ground face down on one side of the room and ten cards on the ground on the other side of the room. And you draw one, and it would tell you your team and potentially your role. For instance, if you're the president or if you're the bomber. Mm-hmm. Um, the sort of the vague fiction of this is that you are both locked in the, these two groups of ten in in our case are locked in two different rooms and they have no communication with each other and within that group but you know but some of them are on red team some of them are on blue team mm-hmm. someone could be the president um, 
they were very good at explaining this. It's, it's kind of complicated, but also simple. Like you, you send hostages back and forth, and the the blue team is just trying to get the president away from the, like in this at the end of the game. Once the president to be in a different room as the than the bomber. Yes, and obviously the red team would so like the game the opposite. The game has when we played it, it had either three or five rounds that are timed, and what the and this is where the actual sort of meat of the game takes place because inside of this, like if you're playing, we were playing ten versus ten, five rounds. So the first round is actually like five minutes long. And inside of that round, the sort of codified powers that you have, your group can elect a leader, and the leader is the person who chooses which hostages get sent into uh, at the, when the time is up. Um, you can or in between elect- rounds. In between every round, you send hostages rounds, you send between hostages. the two rooms. So you can do that. The other things that you can do formally are you can agree to share just which color you're on with someone else. So you would then just show the bottom half of your card, which shows your team. Or you can agree to... A full card swap. Those like which means if you if you agree to that, you both give each other the cards, look at them, know everything about the other person, and return them. So this is kind of like coup or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But everything else about this is completely informal and up to you. So it's just entirely That's cool. Weird room politics where you're like, okay, these guys are on blue team, but we're red, so fuck mm-hmm. them, let's not listen to them. Okay, we have more which... we have we have six people and they have four, so we should immediately stage a new election for a new leader so that we can choose who goes to the other room. And it gets reasonably intense, and it's really fun. It's funny. It's impossible to describe at a level of excitement that it is to play. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I kept hearing the rules every time over and over and over again. I'm like, what is the hook of this game? And you play it, and then it's just deception the entire time. And there's variance, too. So, like, um, like, so I only played two rounds, and I think I had a slightly different experience than you had doing it. But there's variance, too, in terms of, like, okay, well... Um, there's now a doctor and an engineer, and the doctor and the president need to meet each other, and the engineer and the bomb need to meet each other, or else, or else the, t- the bomb the won't go loses. off, yeah. and the president will or die president on will its die. own without the yeah. doctor's aid, right? It has a heart attack or something. Um, and so what? So then there's an, another card. I think if you play with odd numbers, the gambler, which is gray, right? So you're neutral. So I got the gambler the first round I ever played, and I was like, Fuck. <laughs> I was like, can I ask someone? I don't know what to do with this card. Right. I don't know what my role is. So it was right. really awkward for me. So like I was like, do I show people? Do I not show people? And at the end of the at the end of all of the rounds, the gambler decides what team they think is gonna win. Um and so I had you have your own win condition. Yeah. So I had literally I just fifty like, fifty and I lost. <laughs> like, oh, no. like I had no idea um what to do. And so then the second round I got a better idea of it, but I still like didn't get the strategy around like each room pretty quickly divides into red and blue. Yes. And so I didn't get the strategy around how you convince the other color to tell you anything. What ended up happening I I played like five or six rounds of this that night and it I think the biggest problem with the games that we played early on was that they were only running them as three round games with mm-hmm. a ton of people because then it was just like you just get the basic amount of information and then it was over. Um, but with the five round stuff, like we played, um, we played a five round game that was also ten versus ten, and included inside of the mix were two spies. So you, um, if you were the red spy, you had a blue card that said red spy on it. So when someone asked the color share. You would just show them the bottom half, and it showed a blue card. So they would believe you're on their team. And then they also had two people who uh, their like ability was that they were shy, which meant that they were mechanically unable to show their entire card. So then spies could just say, oh, I've, I've got the shy card. Um, that was happening, and we played... F- 
uh, we played five rounds. So people, the the weird mix of is this person lying? Are they on our team or not? And then being unable to show it, plus having enough time to live with like you could send someone from your team over instead of just getting rid of red people if you were blue. You could deliberately send a blue person over and be like, okay, your objective is to try and figure out, do they have the president over there? How many people are over there? Who's the leader? What's their political situation like? And then please try to get someone, either you or someone else from their team sent back because we'll still have two turns left if you can come back next turn that we can use that information to try and figure out what's going on. And like it started getting to that level of play, which was really, really enjoyable. Um one of the other, I played, the last one that I played had, they like went insane on gray cards. And it was also fun for a very different reason. Because inside of this mix, they introduced Romeo and Juliet, who <laughs> was two gray cards, who had to meet and also had to end the game in the room with the bomb. <laughs> and then they also oh, wow. introduced the president's personal butler and chef, I think, <laughs> who were loyal to the president and had to, they had to meet up amidst the, the insanity and land where they were. And then also the gambler was there because there were an odd number of people. So there were five gray cards, which meant that if you said, show me your color and they showed you gray, that had value because you weren't just like, you're the gambler. Um, but it all it got crazy because we were the red team. And Romeo, we ended up meeting both Romeo and Juliet, and they're like, we'll totally help you out, find the president, because, I mean, we all want the same thing. We all want the bomb to go off. <laughs> we want to hug him as and, he explodes. But then we were, then like, halfway through the game, everyone on our team was like, wait a minute, Romeo and Juliet don't give a shit about the president. They just want to be in the room with the bomb. And that's this room. And then we immediately sent one of them away, and they were pissed. But, like, that stuff, like, the little... Like, I like that yeah. sort of realization. Like, yeah. yeah, we do want the same thing. Then, <gasps> no, they don't care. They just want to die. Like, they just want to die together. Like, like, yeah. like so it, it, took a, it took a lot of, like, I... I think out I of everyone of the, here, I played the most. In the, in yeah, the, some of the people I was playing with that was sort of like took on a leadership role in, uh-huh. in the room that I was in, they they all, like all the people that had played before kind of learned together. Really and so pushy. Oh. Yeah, and so they had like, they, they had like a longer, oh. they were really pushy. Well, I was like, what, but I was also like, cool it down, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like someone would come over and be like, I want to be the leader. I want to be the leader. Make me the leader. And I was like, okay. I don't know what that means, but yeah. sure, I'll vote for it. And then yeah, I'm no, like, it's a yeah. bummer when some people are there to but, play to win and you're there to play to learn. And it's yeah, like, yeah. just can we all so just they, chill out? A lot of them had already learned and knew what to do. And yeah. so they, like, it made it difficult to jump in. But that's like one of the things that it was like, I really liked the idea of it. And I just didn't play it enough to sort of get a good sure. feel for it. And I like like that's what I like about these sort of events and festivals that have. Um, like tabletop games and that mm-hmm. sort of thing because playing with that many people like it's not that often you're going to have right. a space with that many people that, to do yeah. that you know it's like, nice cause it's like a curated list yeah. too right there's not too many games you know it's like here's just yeah. the games that are at this event and yep. they all have something to offer you so like give them your attention we how played, many people do you think you could play with well I, I actually like I was thinking I was looking at it today I was like oh I should get that game like I was like because I'm like oh fun I'll buy that game and I was, then I went for it I'm like I don't even I don't have eight friends. So, yeah. <laughs> it seems like a game that is built for like if you, you have need friends, more than that. if you have friends who play at a board game night, and it's like a two table game night that like goes between eight and twelve yeah. people, it'd probably be all right. Like I, I was talking to Doug Wilson, the guy who made Joust, and he's a really big fan of this. He said that uh, there's a lot of like game designers in New York have been playing it because they backed the Kickstarter. Um, 
And he said that on average, when they've played it, it's been ten people. It's been two teams of five, and he mm-hmm. said that's a that's actually a good number. Like when okay. it was when it was ten versus ten, yeah, it was madness. Five versus five seems so much more reasonable. Right. But it was like everyone is sort of talking at the same time, and then the room was so big that the two, like, so there's two groups, and then they split into two groups individually, and so you were like red literally team sort of physically were able far to each away. Be their own, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so like walking over there was like. Like, it was harder to do deception because you're like, I'm walking over from the side that you're not on. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. The, thing, the thing that I learned really quickly was, um, and I quoted, the, Sean, it's the stupid end of Ghostbusters. If someone asks <laughs> if you're a god, you say yes. If Because people, instead of being like, you want to do a color exchange, people would just be like, are you red? And you're like, yeah, what's up? Yeah. Always, there's no upside to saying right. No. Why would you say no or be like maybe no? You just yeah, of course, cool, red team, awesome, best one, bomb president. So who is red and what are you guys doing? Like yeah, like that's also not a thing that I'm actually naturally good at. So it was that's weird. True. It was weird when playing that game. <laughs> it's true. It was weird when playing that game to have to just be like, thank God I'm in a room full of equally awkward dorks. <laughs> we all have brow sweat. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah, it's a fun game though. It's really great. I the there. I was the leader once, and I had to like hold in my head who was not only like who's red team, who's blue team, and trying to like st- strategize. Like, but like, whose cards who have you seen? Here, like, is that guy new? Do I know? Like, are you new? <laughs> are you new? And like, I hate to say. I mean, first off, I thought like apparently XOXO. I don't know anything about this festival because I didn't go technically. Um, <laughs> According to the roster, you were never there. Exactly right. Uh, but. You know, it's just like, and it is relatively diverse, more so than every other event I've been to this year, which is great. But it's like, oh, it's another dorky white guy in a startup shirt. Has he been here before? <laughs> like, oh no. <laughs> like, uh, you're red, right? He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh fuck, he's lying to me. He's he's from the other side. Like, I couldn't think in my head who was here and who wasn't. It was okay. It was late. Like, we were tired yeah, and whatever. Really and, and so, like, I kept forgetting what color people were, and they got so mad. That happened to me where again. I was like, are like you they were rebel? like, I already told you, dude. I told you. Like, can you tell me again? Yeah. Mm, like, come on, what? I know. <laughs> I was like, just fucking tell me if we already did it. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, if we already did well, it. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we exchanged colors. <laughs> yeah, it was fun though. It was a great night. Cool. Did, did you did you play that other, that game with the moving the ninja game? Oh, the one that the was one in that circle? we were watching. And you we were and I both looked at horrified because like, we were yeah. so tired. Oh, are you talking about? Um... It's the one where you like have to. It's it's people in a circle and like you move your arm in like ninja poses and you always are trying to reach and deflect at the no, same time. I didn't play that. Oh, that sounds I didn't play like fun. It, it looks like actually, a really yeah, fun game, but cool. it also looks like a game you play at camp. And if after, <laughs> after three days of just being in a different town talking to strangers the entire time, and then you're there's tired. a bunch of really excited people in a circle at midnight <laughs> screaming, you're like, yeah. right? I will not do this. It just sounds a lot like boxing. It does, except they were, not striking, they were not striking each other. Yeah. So at the end of last episode, mm-hmm. we listed off a bunch of stuff that we were supposed to talk about this There's episode. One more thing, but I can't. I, I, it's a, it's a, too long. Okay, I'm punting on it. Okay, I also listed off that Zelda concept art, and I don't know if I wanted to get into that, but we oh, don't have to. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. We could, we could, we could do it in lieu of reader mail. Yeah, we do some reader mail. We could do quick reader mail. We can't right. do, we can't keep skipping reader mail every week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did. We had great reader mail last week. Yeah, we had we like did. one, I thought. We oh did. no, last week was Blade. No, was Blade, Blade. Yeah, last week was, was the Blades quiz. Yeah, was Blades on the edge. Excellent. Yes, someone sent us a Thanks, quiz Max. about the original Xbox 360 Blade interface. We did pretty well. We got five out of five. Yeah, we, we, we didn't did get the really extra well. in it. Um, 
Okay. Yeah. Zelda concept art. Zelda concept art. You're going to have to describe it because I haven't seen it. Yeah, I know okay. what you're talking about. You wrote an article on Polygon. This was yes. weeks ago now about how some Nintendo project or another had concept art generated of Link as a woman. Yes. And, and I, it was beautiful. I was planning on talking about this before I knew you were on the episode, Anita. So this is just like, <laughs> I'm going to be triple uh, extra, awkward Extra feeling. awesome. Yeah, extra awesome. I'm going to just <laughs> kick the butt of this. <laughs> what... What? Please tell me about women in games. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Women in concept art, please. <laughs> women in concept art, not even games. <laughs> yeah, so I imagine this was for like Hyrule Warriors or something. What the hell? Do you know what it was? Yeah, for? it was for Hyrule Warriors. I'm almost positive, and it was in an art book that accompanied the Hyrule Warriors release in Japan. Okay, I don't think it came to America. This was it in Tiny Cartridge. I think was the source, and they do up. a lot of like coverage of Japanese it's games just, and such. I mean, yeah, Link in many illustrations, is already a reasonably androgynous yeah. looking character, so it was yeah. not a far push. Yeah. But the thing that it, the thing that I got obsessed about, it immediately reminded me, it, it, it got me obsessed about a Legend of Zelda game that I really want to see. Um, like, seeing that art immediately made me think about, did you play Wind Waker? Oh, yes. Many times. So the opening of Wind Waker <laughs> is my, is my favorite opening like, of yeah. any Zelda so game. Beautiful. Because, I, totally it, I mean, unfortunately, as we've since discovered through people telling us and finding it, it feels like Wind Waker is just a clean break and a nice encapsulation of what a Zelda game is. Obviously, it's not. It fits into one of four alternate timelines or some whatever. fucking garbage. It's, yeah. But whatever. It's, it's, you know, is that? It, it opens to... up by just saying, yeah. once there was this great hero, he fell. The land has gone to ruin. People have forgotten. But when a boy reaches a certain age, he puts on this outfit for a day and just in memory of this great hero. And obviously, you play as Link... Or you play as your name here. Coincidentally. Um, but you, you know, you, on the day you happen to be wearing that costume, your sister gets kidnapped. Sorry, I'm looking it up. I haven't yeah. seen it. Oh, it's she's cool. looking at it. Yeah. It looks really nice. Yeah. But the, yeah. the thing that, the thing that, that of Link immediately made me think of also was the best thing about Harry Potter, about the overall story of Harry Potter, which is the yeah. curse because of, uh, and the prophecy of Harry Potter. Because Harry Potter is, in huge quotes, the chosen one. He is the one who lived. lived. He's all this fucking garbage. (laughs) And then there's this derpy kid, Neville Longbottom, throughout the entire story. And then when you get almost to the end of all the Harry Potter books... Spoiler. They're just like, okay, I'm going to spoil content from Harry Potter. Eat it. People get mad. Go for it. But, like, they, they say, well, you know... The only reason you're Harry Potter is because your mom happened to die instead of Neville Longbottom's mom... It could have been either one of you, and it's just total fucking chance. You're yeah. not any... You're just a dumb fucking jockey you're just kid. A kid. Like, you did it. <laughs> you were presented with the challenge, and you did it. Good. Like, fucking great. But, like, it's not because you're special. It's because... Because. Like, that's yeah, it. Yeah, you were there. And I, yeah. yeah, it's because you were there. And that, combined with Wind Waker, combined with that art of Link as a girl, immediately made me want a Zelda game where you can be either one of two kids... And you happen to be the one who's wearing the costume, and you go on this adventure, and the other character just threw it. I mean, at first, it's like, oh, they're never long about it. But fuck that. That kid could just be Han Solo. Who cares? <laughs> exactly. But, like, you could make such a good Zelda game that is entirely about the themes of Wind Waker and, like, the best thematic stuff in a Harry Potter game that is just structurally exactly a Zelda game. And the whole point of it would be it doesn't fucking matter yes. who you are. Also, the other character could still get to be super awesome and included in the story, and it would be good. Like, if you had the screen where you pick which of those two kids ends up putting on the stupid clothes, 
And then at the end of the day, the other one gets to basically swoop in in the Millennium Falcon and save your butt once cool. and then and yeah. leave. Like, that <laughs> well, story like, would be so good. Well, like, Tetra does, kind of-ish, and then that goes to shit. Yeah, but anyway, not, yeah. But, like, yeah. I became obsessed with it, and I kept wanting to talk to you no, about it. And then awesome. you were gone for three weeks. I know, I'm um, sorry. <laughs> anyway, I want that Zelda game to exist just because that drawing is really boss. I do, too. Isn't it beautiful? It's like, awesome. you were just looking yeah, at it, and it's, it's absolutely beautiful, and it's not gross or over-sexualized. It just looks like Link... As a woman, yeah, like it's just it's good. very slightly different, and that's it's, fantastic. The Zelda games are so frustrating. I know. Like, so I was just playing. I never last year. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to play a Link Between Worlds. A Link Between Worlds. Yes. My sense, late. Yeah, that's um, that's yeah. the new one that came out, yeah. right? And so I, I I was taking a long flight, and I just couldn't stop playing it. And I was like, there's a scene in there where Zelda gives Link the thing, whatever it is, to help. So that he doesn't get stuck in the wall and can transform. That's like how they develop. Whatever. Yeah. So I was like, why doesn't she just fucking hang on to it so that she can <laughs> yes. go through like, right. the world? The like, dumbest. Right? Like the whole time, I'm just like, oh, of course, this is what you have to do to make Link the star someone, of the game. Someone wrote a rant about this on like the toast or something oh, the, yes. the other day. Mallory Orthberg. Yeah. She's about the best. It was really like spot on, I thought, about how frequently you ha- like. This is especially the case in, like, I think the sort of current crop of, like, nerd movies, you know, um, of the, like, female character who exists to, like, train or enable or give advice to or, like, or or whatever, like, the fucking basically idiot male character <laughs> who then, like, heartwarmingly steps up into this role of heroism, but was, like, the whole... Man, the Lego is, movie has to be like the go-to. Yeah, the Lego movie. Oh, yeah. The Lego movie is that. Like, I forget all the examples. Like, I hadn't seen most of these movies, yeah. but like, but I've seen, so, I've seen like, this. Edge of Tomorrow actually I didn't is. See that. So I loved Edge of Tomorrow. I thought it was great. I thought Emily Blunt was great in it. Is but, the Tom Cruise movie. Yeah, yeah, but there's a little bit of me being like, well, why doesn't why, why isn't Emily just Blunt the star? Strapping up and just doing it. Yeah, yeah. like. Yeah. 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 It's a totally real phenomenon, and it's fairly infuriating. Um, and uh, God, what was like? It's also not impossible to write. Just not that. Yeah. It says the fact know. that, but but it's written like that deliberately. Though that's the thing. Like I think be- I think it's deliberately, but I do think a lot of those decisions. I think a lot of creative decisions, which is the problem, is that they're like just wrote. made by default. They're, yeah. They're no, yeah. it's absolutely true. But they're for, for sure. But like the thing that I think is interesting and like frustrating about that dynamic, or one of the things anyway, is that the reason that it is that way by rote is because it allows the main character to be the relatable one because they're the one that does not start out super competent. They start out basically just kind of whatever, like they're funny or like they're a dope or like they're kind of dumb or they don't, just take, going res- to see a movie. They don't take responsibility. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, and then like, I mean, it's the monomyth, right? Like all of these stories are based on like the hero's journey. Like it's the same. So you, yes, but I think there's a particular sub brand of it that is like, very part of the kind of mo- yes of yeah. like the modern kind of um schlub dude yes the modern sentiment which is like this guy kind of sucks but like if he just does this one cool thing you could be that guy i mean cool i mean <laughs> i mean this guy can do it like yeah. right? like that's yeah. that's basically i think what's what is happening a lot of the time it, it bums me out this is semi-related but i was reading something on i i was uh looking up some blacklist scripts which mm-hmm. is sort of the prestigious you know unproduced year, they, scripts these are the, yeah. the hot ones these are the hot ones and someone who was a reader who has a blog and writes about screenwriting and so on was saying oh yeah this script like was so reader? good um 
No, what do you mean you said reader. a reader? A script reader. Oh, a script Sorry. reader. Sorry. Yes, yes. So, Someone who works in readers. Hollywood. and yeah. Not you, the I was, reader. I was also very confused. A yeah. reader, yeah. I was a script reader in college. Oh. Well, this was one of those people. And he was he was talking Ryan's about um, this script that was so good that he didn't even use. And it was about a it was a post apocalyptic script about a middle aged woman and a and a teenage girl. And it, he like he actually said something like this, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but it was so good I didn't even give the usual note of why can't you make them an 18 to 34 year old male like <laughs> the, the hero. Like, that was literally what it said. Oh, no. I'm definitely paraphrasing, it. but like it was like oh, it was so good that it overcame that. And it was just like it overcame that inherent weakness. Exactly. <laughs> to still be pretty it's good. About, it's sci-fi about two women, so you know <sighs> the usual note is always going to be make it a man. Like and this the screenwriter wrote it as a woman. It was like that, that role's already been cast as a man. Yeah, for sure. I know. <laughs> that that script is a shadow of itself. Me, you know, <laughs> like just like movies and games Maybe. both still have very much have this problem where it's like um, we don't like. There's this like the idea that it's not going to sell if it's not starring a man because it's not relatable to men, and that that's yeah. all that matters. Even though it's been proven but again and again, being yeah, yeah. But, like all the facts and data are sort of counter to that narrative. But like the industries have not gone Keep out of that it. in terms of like. Who goes to see the most movies? It's not men. <laughs> like, yeah. It's probably pretty even, right? Um, and in terms of games, like, we're seeing more and more women are actually becoming the dominant, like, or at least equal to um, men in terms of playing games. But they're still being very, like, old school minded in terms of what they think is going to sell and what they think is of interest. That's, you know, it's probably actually made worse by the, by, like, the fact that Hollywood is really consolidating into fewer bigger blockbusters because it probably makes these studios less likely to make any one of them the outlier yeah. you know because like they're like they're getting increasingly expensive and increasingly like tent polish and so then any one of them is like don't look do your fucking social experiment on your tiny it, it also movie. makes don't the blockbusters increasingly thing. weird though because you can see where they're like like i know we always talk about marvel movies but it's because they're the easiest ones you can see exactly where they like graft in the stuff that is intended for like the women audience and like right. where they graft yeah. in the scene for the women the or for the for the international <laughs> yeah. audience. Man, the craziest of all of those I think we talked about this. Sorry, this is this is off of the women audience thing, but is in the Hollywood blockbusters that have to be appealing to everyone because it's the only one that you make. Yeah. Iron Man three when it was in China that movie was partly funded by China, just capital yeah. C, I believe. And when that movie screened in China, it just had 10 minutes of other footage in it where he goes to China and the best Chinese doctors help him. <laughs> and like Chinese actresses, notable stars show up for a minute like, oh, good. Thank God this is here. Apparently, Chinese audience hated that shit, but it was in there. Wow. In an attempt to just pander right. to, yeah. the, to like, the Asian market. <laughs> wow. I think it was Iron Man 3. It was one of the Iron Men. Oh, my God. It was, it was three. It was three. Yeah. It was wow. That's so bizarre. Yeah. Oh. Weird world. Gosh, it would be fun to Andrew. make a blockbuster film with a $300 million budget that no. had 10 minutes of custom content for every country. For all of our <laughs> <laughs> You know the best people Here to take I care of this? Kazakhstan. <laughs> and, uh, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Like today? Our Reggie's answer is in Canadian. Burundi. <laughs> what? Did you guys I see this you were today? you say Burundi. I've been into Burundi. That's go to. It's, yeah. it's, it's the poorest country in the world. So they announced today, this is super random, sorry, but this has to do with this idea. Reggie fils was in a Nintendo video for five minutes today. Eating cereal. Make, eating 
eating Sorry, maple yeah. syrup and uh-huh. pancakes given to him oh. by a hockey player to oh announce the Canadian Smash Brothers Club. I am so embarrassed as a Canadian. Right like, now. <laughs> like well, you've got your own Smash yeah. Brothers Club. Like, they actually like filmed this. this video like with the head of Nintendo just for this but weird little announcement. It was so we bizarre. We all eat what is it? Pancakes. It we was pancakes with maple syrup. syrup. Maple syrup is by hockey from, players like, all the Vermont. time. I thought we had that one. On. We, we that, do. It's in Vermont and New Hampshire, too. Oh, that's true. The maple. It's made of maple syrup. It's soaked in maple syrup. <laughs> <laughs> you squeeze it, you can ring at out the beginning of, Yeah, at the beginning of school every day in Canada, they ring out their flags <laughs> into one syrup? lucky kid's mouth. <laughs> I, I just, Sorry, it's just crazy accurate. to me that they made right? this, right? like... I don't, know. What? I don't know what Canada is. That's accurate, is. right? I mean, no. You yeah. can attest to that, Oh, totally. Yeah. Did you ever, you ever like, the maple syrup We ate maple syrup all the time. That's all we ate. That's all we eat as Canadians, really. Wow. I actually ate a lot of it as a so New much. Englander. Not that lie. pulled pork I was eating was really maple syrup, and I just like masked it. <laughs> or it was, it was reconstituted. Like, oh, the only way I'm going to choke this down is by covering maple syrup. <laughs> <laughs> maple syrup is truly delicious. I think when I was growing up, I was parents. eating like fucking Aunt Jemima syrup, like that, like high fructose corn syrup that was super racist. <laughs> yeah. And I lived in Canada, oh, so no. <laughs> in New England, we we don't joke around about maple syrup. Yeah, I'll, no, I'll say not. that much. I don't like. I, like, I don't, really don't. I don't remember it being a big I don't, deal in Canada. I don't, I'm not convinced but... because okay. you just sound like a Californian telling You're not me from this. New England. <laughs> I'm from New England. We eat maple syrup. We eat uh, Dunkin' Donuts, and we eat uh, maple syrup. We got maple glazed donuts, with real maple <laughs> syrup. It's delicious. I believe her now. <laughs> that, that's. I am totally convinced. 100 <laughs> percent open and shut case. The yeah. truth. Cyberpunk cop killer. <laughs> eat your maple syrup. Man. Re- read a mail. <laughs> new, yeah, Maple Syrup Ad Council of Canada. I know. Launches new campaigns. That was a freebie. Cyberpunk cop killer. Eat it. All good cyberpunk cop killers. Or I'll murder syrup. you. Like I murdered all those cops. <laughs> cop killers. That's the sort of ad you could get here on Idle Thumbs. <laughs> so I'll we'll make it too long. Our oh. first reader mail. I'm sorry, Anita. This is totally pigeonholing you for reading this now. But it's the top email in our to read folder. Wait, is it about- so when Anita Sarkeesian shows up, I have a question. Look, I don't know what this I'm is. Gonna, Does anyone know that I'm going to be on the show? No, no they no. didn't. I'm going to prove that I'm not modifying this in our to read folder. I'm about to read the top email in the folder. So I'm not. I'm there not, are no shenanigans happening. Yeah. Basically. So this says, dear Anita. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. This is not the email I meant. <laughs> <laughs> After all of that. <laughs> This is actually a fascinating email. Let's just hear it then. Okay, I'll read it anyway. This is fascinating, but not, I didn't mean for it to sound as exploitative as I just did because now I sound like an asshole (laughs) given what this this email is about. It's actually quite heartwarming. Okay. Okay. All right. Hi, Thumbs. I was told you guys might find the story interesting. After everything that has happened in the last few weeks, I thought hearing a story about how game people change someone's life in a positive way would be good. For most of my life, I struggled to understand my own sexuality. I knew I was attracted to women, but I also noticed guys were cute as well. I grew up with strongly Christian grandparents who sent me to summer camps year, uh, summer camps every year, and boy, did they have some words about sexuality, so I spent a lot of time just ignoring my feelings. A year or so ago, I was listening to the podcast, and I decided to put, you, put some faces to these voices and look you guys up. The first person I found was Sean, and immediately realized I was attracted to men as well as women. I was uncomfortable with the whole thing, though. I still spent two hours looking at the pictures of Jake in multiple tabs, giggling with each new find, but the final piece of the puzzle was when Steve started tone control, and I started having weekly dreams in which Steve and I would go on dates to a local cafe. Aww. Long story short, Sean helped me realize that I'm attracted to men. Jake is adorable, and I dream of Gainer. Danielle, you are also that adorable. Tracks. Oh. That tracks. That tracks the, the world that I live in. <laughs> Thank you for the cast and hug Nick Brecken. P.S. I am bad at writing. I am sorry. 
What? So no, that, that is well really it. sweet. Also, if you went to one cafe with Steve Gaynor for like half an yeah, hour, you would, that would be of this. Yeah, the date would be over. Yeah, <laughs> you would oh, not this, call him back. <laughs> this person actually started a thread about this. I love you, on Steve. Forums, and I'm thinking about you. And it was like, yeah, turned into a whole thread about it. It was like, yeah, that quite, thread on the forums was like, it was a really good thread. Um, yeah, that was the sweetest thing I'd read on the internet in a while, and I just didn't know what to say other than this is incredibly sweet, and I'm glad you guys are all nice and supportive to each other this is awesome yeah it just yeah. shows how nice the, the forums are and i'll how send it's you like, the thread anita it's although it might not be after this goes out it'll be fine just don't worry <laughs> just just our community you know, is fucking okay. stalwart well here's the second question in this to read section also um i can prove to you Second email. I believe is this you. A, okay. <laughs> it's impossible to change that information on your phone. <laughs> I don't know. Like, the email came. I can't. I oh my god! Just read the email. You really totally like to build this whole thing up. Because like, because it just felt really. This is an email about sexism in games, and it just felt very like I didn't want to come off like I'm just like. You're coming off as something else. So just read the email. All right. Oh. What uh, you say is you're not holding it. it. Just happens to be the one we would have done anyway. Yes. yes. Lolface writes. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> violence in video games leads to violence is something the video game industry has rallied against as a whole for years now. Mm-hmm. So why, when you replace the word violence with sexism, is it so widely accepted? I love listening to the podcast, and I'm interested in the discussion that could come from this, especially from Idle Thumbs, as I think your podcast has the best discussions of any podcast when it comes to serious matters. Um, anyway, that's the email. So are they this saying is a fairly important sexism... Topic, in games leads to sexism in real life? Like, no, people no, learn what they're those sa- values? No, what they're... Okay, so what the person is saying... Okay, I'm going to say what the person is setting Asking. up. Yeah, sure. As opposed to my read on this. The situation the person is positing is it is universally disputed by video game people or the video game industry that violence in video games leads to violence. Um, I think I figured it However, out, yeah, when... Violence is changed to sexism. Um, there is like an outcry. I'm sorry. When, <laughs> when you like, change those terms, when you change when those you terms, sexism leads to sexism. That is that, ostensibly directly being said by the same people who decry right. violence exactly. leads to I violence see, yes. as invalid. Yes. Exactly. So why is that allowed? Right. I'm sure this question is being presented in good faith, but it's I believe it's a it fallacy. Is. Like, I, I agree. Yes. I, think, I, I, don't, I, don't I don't think, think, think this person is like covertly. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is just knowing that we would talk about it. Yeah. Well, it's a fallacy. <laughs> you know. I um, mean, they're they're different in material ways, for one thing. Like, there's, I mean, there's differences in the parallels that were set up, but there's also differences in, like, literally what sexism and violence are. But in, also, I don't think people make the claim that sexism in games leads to sexism. I don't think that people are making the same. That's, I think that direct correlation is, yeah, I agree. is not present. It's, I mean, I think it's... It's not a direct arrow. It's, it's a swirling arrows. It's like, of, it is said it's this a, is probably just a problem in general. It's like, a distortion yeah. of what I think has become very reactionary in gaming. So there's like a hardcore backlash against any criticisms of games that right. comes out of this like Jack Thompson mm-hmm. era of violence causes violence type right. thing, which I don't think anyone actually thinks. Um, that's been disproved many times. But it's more about... Um, when we're talking about sexism, like media has an impact on us as human beings, like the things we engage with in the world. So it does normalize certain um, ideas and norms and expectations. Uh, It's not necessarily saying like, oh, if you play a game where you're beating up women, you're going to go beat up women. Like nobody is saying that, even though lots of people try to claim that I'm saying that. (laughs) Um, But that it does start to normalize these behaviors and make it seem less uh, awful and make it seem like 
well, that's it's just a thing people right. do. Is well, the more you huge quotes, yeah. the yeah. Also, also, I think there's a big yeah. difference in that in that violence in games frequently is present. This is what I mean by the material difference. Violence in games is frequently presented as like extremely over the top and ridiculous, and like in ways that most people wouldn't even have the capacity to enact, whereas sexism is not an act. Sexism is, like, violence is an act. You can have a violent mentality as well, but sexism is, like, It's a manifestation of oppression. Yes, exactly. Like, it's, it's an, it's, like, an, uh, it's a component of a worldview. It's not, like, yeah. a thing you do. And so, it's, it's, even on purely material grounds, it's not the same thing to say that, like, I see violence, therefore I become violent. I see sexism, therefore I do sexism. Like, that's, yeah. like, they're very different because one of one of them is more insidious than the other. Like violence is by nature like a physical like act of aggression. Sexism can like ca- like be a factor but in producing that, but is it is like also a, a superset of yes, things but it which is, include. It is also just yeah. a filter that cause that like causes you to interpret signals that you see in the world in certain ways very subtly. And like a culture in which like sexist imagery and ways of interpreting things is just like blanket unquestioned Mm -hmm. that just feeds into all the signals you're taking in because you're taking in the same signals from the world. Like in a lot of cases, your brain will interpret them very similarly to the way that you take them in when you're playing a video game. Well, and the other piece of this too, is that, um, you know, we're living in a society that is deeply patriarchal, right? That like inequality and inequity, among uh, men and women is very real. Mm-hmm. But there's this sense that, well, we've already reached equality. There's this huge backlash right. against feminism saying that it doesn't exist. We've reached equality, et cetera. But any way that you sum it up, we have not, right? Mm-hmm. With the statistics on violence against women, with the statistics of pay, um, pay gap between genders, with um, the amount of property women own, with the positions of power that women have in industry, like any way you sum it up. And so when we talk about these images as well, it's not just like they exist in a vacuum. It's not just one game or one movie. It's a product of our society written by people in our society that are internalizing these messages and perpetuating them, um, sometimes intentionally and sometimes not. And so when we see that and we live in a society where the sort of dominant myth is that everything is equal, it helps perpetuate how problematic these notions are about internalizing these messages of sexism without even realizing it. Right. And like when you say intentionally or not, like I think a lot of the time it is unintentional, which actually makes all of this much harder to to discuss because like this going all the way back to something I said, like when you were talking about Disney shit, like good intentions are like one thing, but not everything. Like, you you know, you can mean well and still... Be thoughtless. Yes, exactly. (laughs) You ruin everything. So I would say, I would, like, I very much, in my sort of anecdotal experience, um, think of, it's very much both intentional and not intentional. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I've heard stories about um, publishers and higher-ups and studios being like, you need to slut up that character. Oh, sure. Right, like, so so that's that's very intentional. Or examples of... um, 
there was a, a woman who, an animator in Hollywood, who talks about whenever she pitches stories about women, they're always asking repeatedly, why can't it be boy? Why can't it be a boy, right? Mm, yeah. um, instead of a female yeah, it's character. Like, it's like but when it's a boy, they screener. never ask that, right? Yeah. But um, there's so many, because it's so insidious and because we all live with it, right? Even women live with internalized sexism. Um, there's so many times when this happens unintentionally, mm -hmm. right? Where you reproduce these things and you didn't even know it. And that's part of why it's, it's kind of exciting that there's so many voices right now, specifically in gaming, who are talking about this stuff, right? As a way of being like, we can make this better. We can do better. And if you can identify it and learn the language of how to talk about these issues and recognize them, then we can start to change that. Totally. Amen. There you go. Yeah. Thanks for the email, lol face. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, last one, I guess. Yeah, let's do one more. And then Captain Invictus writes, "Hey, Hat Baron here." <gasps> Captain Invictus. Oh, this is gonna be a long one. This is, a, yeah, but it's it's just straight. It's just a straight shot. Oh, okay. Um, this doesn't this doesn't demand any. Sort Captain of... Invictus, for people who have forgotten, is the guy who wrote us the crazy stories about the Dota and Team Fortress economies and like the weird mob ties and all the other yeah. crazy shit. Excellent. Yeah, Excellent. good stuff. Um, so this email is actually old. I'm sorry. Today, Thursday, August 14th, they announced Dota 2 treasure keys are being removed from the game entirely. They will expire and okay, disappear on July 1st, 2015. They're no longer available purchase from the store, and Dota chests no longer exist. Usually, uh, usually, using a key simply lets you choose from a list of all the chests you might want to open outside of a limited edition or promo chest. Uh, they'll just be selling chests straight up in the future, and buying it simply means you get an unlocked chest, similar to lockless luck boxes and treasure casks that have come with various promotional items. Of course. It's a massive change, and I never thought they'd get rid of such a huge moneymaker, since there's a fairly significant amount of people who get a chest drop and think, a chest, think I'll get a key and see what's inside, but would probably not say, a chest in the store, think I'll buy one and see what's inside. It's a very slight difference, but that little push with the chest drop can mean the difference between a sale or not. They often sell over 30,000 treasure keys of various flavors each day on the marketplace, which alongside Team Fortress 2 and CSGO keys must make them far and away the biggest money makers on the marketplace. The entire concept of the keys has always been sleazy. It's basically gambling. But it created a baseline for a secondary economy to form since they never went on sale and thus almost always had a constant value. I am seriously curious as to how this will affect the Dota 2 economy as outside of the bottommost tier of items, basic item drops, regular loot from chests and so on, a lot of items are valued in terms of the number of keys or higher tier items which have their own key values it is worth. Thanks for the laughs, as always, and please hire Danielle so she doesn't have to work for Polygon anymore. They're squandering her. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, shit. <laughs> that last sentence was not spoken Woof. out loud. <laughs> Dota, huh? Wow. <laughs> you just fucking tucked that one right in there, huh? Just a little boop right there. What? Problem. Are you Captain Invictus? It was in the email. Yes. Oh my god, what if it turns out you are the hat baron? <laughs> if I'd been weirdly sending us the incredible Chris was like, detail. by the way, I have a U-Haul truck full of deflated Dota promotional donkeys. <laughs> but he <laughs> doesn't came with know he's doing boxes. <laughs> yep. Anyway, if you have questions, you should write us at questions or anecdotes, questions at idlethumbs.net. Sorry, don't write us at anecdotes at idlethumbs.net. <laughs> Although, Just that can be created. Yeah, questions. Anita, thanks for coming and visiting with us yeah, and dealing with our bullshit. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Your website's feministfrequency.com, correct? That is correct. All right. Come Good. back anytime and bring this fifth microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had to supply my own tech here. Yeah. 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 It was cool to have two ladies on the podcast, though. I know. It was cool. We should do this again. Yeah. It was the coolest. We made sure to still have three dudes, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Naturally. Oh, my God. You're fucking fired. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> All right, this podcast is over, I think. Video game. 
Nowhere does Antel and Danielle and me and Doug apparently a, a start cast. a fucking Disney yeah. Parks podcast. <laughs> <laughs> don't put on this podcast network. The it's Disney going out somewhere else. <laughs> totally fine. I support people you. would listen to it. They people would fucking would. listen to that shit. Yeah, fanatical crazy people. people. Ape shit. In droves. My, my mom Do that and then would be put on this fucking network. Yeah. And give us the ad revenue. Ads on that motherfucker. You think Disney would sponsor it? No. Oh man. Also, if anyone, if anyone listening has any. Has has any weird doubts about Anita's credentials as a gamer? Please note <laughs> that she described on this podcast a Pac-Man game as visceral. Case, oh my God, case closed. Boom. Oh